You know, if Josh would hurry up and get in here, we could record a podcast. Always waiting on Josh. I mean, I have no idea. He was just sitting right here. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Hey, there you are. What's up, buddy? Oh, you know, just uh, figuring out ways I can fucking plot my section are you guys have now? Yeah, he slipped through the crack and it took him a while to swim to the top. How about that video you sent me today of Josh Duncan at basketball? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't send, I didn't show you. It's hilarious. Basically, basically there's a guy standing on a stepladder that's what, two foot tall? Yeah, he's about an inch and a half taller than you. And he's looking at, and he's got this like Nerf basketball hoop on the, on the wall. Yeah. And he's got the basketball, and he goes like he's gonna jump, and he gets scared, and he don't jump, and he does it like two or three times, and then finally he goes, and when he jumps, they do the Mario jump sound, and then he dunks it and falls. <coughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I'll show you whenever we, you know, take yeah. a break. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a while. It's cold open. We're we gonna talk about that in the cold open. We're talking about all kinds of shit in the cold open. That's very true. It has been a while, but, you know, holidays, family, we basically just took the month of December off. Pretty much. And the last week of November. Yeah. It's it's just been crazy. <coughs> and they're still showing the same three episodes of shitty British wrestling on TV. Zach Dye thinks I'm joking that that's the name of the promotion. Oh, no. It, it, it really is ew. Oh, it really is. Oh, he's trying to... He sent it to you. Okay. Oh, god damn it. Okay, there it is. Is he watching it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, see, you got to pay in that video. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Listen. <laughs> That is, and the best part is when he falls, the Santa hat comes <coughs> off. <laughs> I'm dying. Now I want to come over and play Mario. Right? Yes, that's probably what we're gonna do when we get done on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to change it off at of you. Oh, I'm I'm making you. I'm in the bathroom, boy. I'm in the office. You're in the office. Office. In the orifice. I ain't been in one of those in a while. Bazinga. Corn? I don't remember eating any corn. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Agreed. You know what movie that is, don't you? What movie? When he's at corn. I don't remember eating no corn. That's <coughs> Eltramere. Senseless, baby. Senseless. Senseless. Oh. Which one of y'all was just coughing? Me. Because you did the actual next part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting on the set going, <coughs> <coughs> striking matches and everything. Yeah, well, and then you got match. <laughs> this movie of Marlon Wayne's career. I fucking love Marlon good. I love the Wayne, Wayne brothers. They're fucking hilarious. The show is even better because they got Pops. Oh, Pops. Pops and the yeah. Tivitones. Love those. Bang, bang, bang. I'm gonna have to find that episode just so Josh can watch it. Uh, they're all streaming on Ace or on Max. 
All streaming on Max. We got to figure out which episode it is where the Tones get back together. Okay. Because, <clears throat> you know, Pops was a, he was the lead singer of the band. It was Pops and the Tipitones. And their big, and their big song was <laughs> My Love Goes Bang, Bang, Bang. Oh, that's fucking good. You better run for cover, you sweet little thing. <laughs> I just typed in temp tones <laughs> on Google search. Yes. Yeah. And it said temp tones. Bang, bang, bang. Did it really? It did. That's awesome. Oh, if you search up the cha cha slide on Google, you can. it'll do the song when you click the little icon on the left and it'll move the screen too. It's fucking great. What? Season three, episode nine. Three, nine. Three, nine. I thought you were about to never shit your pants. Uh, oh. Hey, an earthquake. Well, all right. We don't have a clever way to end the cold open here, so I'll just end it by saying Josh has a small penis. What's up, fuckers? What's up, guys? Hello. Holy shit. What? We're back. You already said that. I said it again. Well, actually, I didn't say we're back. I said it's been a while. It's a good song, too, by the way. Yeah, but you can't say it. They get mad. Really? Yeah. What the fuck, Stained? Yeah. Kevin Smith used to do that on his podcast. Somebody would say, it's been a while. He'd be like, it's been a while. And, like, yeah, Stain wasn't happy about it. Pussy, man. Yeah, God's big keeping your shit relevant. Well, <coughs> apparently it's because of what the song is about and how personal it was to him. But the phrase, it's been a while, is being used long before that song came out. Yeah, but saying it like... The song. Like so, the song. Yeah. Did he write the song, though? Yes, he did. 100% songwriting credit. He wrote the song about his drug addiction and old drug habits. Then you should be happy that that song plays over and over. Huh? I would think so, too, but... I'm not a... I'm not a, uh... Spit it out. Former, former drug-addicted lead singer of a band, so... I don't know how those things would go. I was scrolling through TikTok and something got brought up in the comments and one of the things they said was like, man, that would be an awesome title to give to a band. From Cousins to Corpses. From Cousins to Corpses, the name of a band? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear at a family reunion in Kentucky. Yeah, I follow this uh, this guy that does Cards Against Humanity things with his cat. He'll have his cat pick out the cards. Oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. So, one card said, it's 2024, out with the blank, in with the blank. So, it was out with incest, in with necrophilia. 
So somebody said, hey, it sounds like a title of a, a book, From Cousins to Corpses. And somebody said, no, that sounds like a name of a heavy metal band. Tell us some people I met in Nashville. <coughs> God damn. How is Seven, by the way? He's actually good. I talked to him last week. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hit him up and tell him that the uh, Blue Waffle story has grown legs and started back up. Nice. Nice. And for those of you out there who don't know what a Blue Waffle is... Google is your enemy on this one, not your friend. <laughs> but Brian Casanova will still eat it. <laughs> as soon as I said that, Seven called, he goes, that sick motherfucker was going to eat one, too. I think if we wouldn't have told him, you're not Waffle House, wait, she's back to our apartment. He would have. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was waiting on you to pull a chip day and be like, can I just sleep in the car? <laughs> hey, we just had a referee cancel. A what? Yeah, we just had a referee cancel. Who canceled? Yeah, fuck him. Which one? Brandon. Did he cancel if he's not really booked? <clears throat> no, yeah, I just like, hey, what's your availability for January? We got a show Saturday. Want to see if you're able? He said, "I'll probably have to miss this one, man." Oh well, then he didn't cancel because he wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there. Well, we had decided that you know, much like a, another person that we decided to part ways with at the show due to inability to adhere to our very lax policy of rules, which the main <coughs> one is just fucking be there. Be there. there. We, we didn't say it in our spot. Well. And it's, you know, it's not a hard concept. We don't ask a whole lot. Like our show, as you can tell, this past Saturday, is getting a little edgier. Not as, you know, ho-fum uh, family entertainment. A little edge was was there. Adam Copeland? No plane, nobody got mad. Uh, Which was awesome. Us old heads actually enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just like the crowds we come up wrestling in front of. It was great. <clears throat> it was pumping all night long. It was it was nice. That it was. But um, we had talked about just not using that kid. If he shows up, then we'll work his body, but don't count on him being there. Right. Yeah. So, no harm, no foul on that. Yeah, no. And it's like I said, whenever you, whenever it was put out in the group chat, hey, we parted ways. I said, you know, as a friend, it sucks, but as a talent, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's my buddy too. You know that. Yeah. We were, you know, we took him under our wing. All right. I mean, he still claims the two of us. So. Yeah, in more ways than one, do we take him under our wing? No shit. And I, you know, I hate to do that, but, you know, being, being in the position I'm in, like, I gotta, we gotta have people that's gonna be there. Yeah, you gotta make those tough decisions. And, you know, if you can't be there, you know, we understand nobody's getting rich doing this. We get that, life comes, you know, family, work's always gonna come first, but can't hold a spot for somebody if they can't be there. We just gotta, you know. 
cup business. Another guy that at that time was a friend. Uh, same concept. Come from the same place this guy we're talking about came from. Right. Uh, actually got that guy a job a couple of times and he couldn't keep making it to the show. He kept missing, so we had to cut paid with him. It's not personal, it's just business. Yes, it's one of the biggest pieces of advice I got from everybody that was older than me. It's not the wrestling friendship, it's the wrestling business. Yep. Guy can't mix the two. I mean, you can still be buddies, have a beer with them, go hang out after the, after shit, but... Try to get them laid, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's, that's, I guess that's our TED talk for this week is just... Fulfill your bookings and your commitments. Absolutely. <clears throat> if you can't, give somebody... Like, that's Thursday. To me, that's not even enough notice unless an emergency came up. Yeah. Right. Like, here's the thing, people. I, I'm 45 years old. I know there's laws about this. So you can't tell me on Saturday that your work just mandatorily told you to do overtime. Legally, they have to give you 48 hours notice before mandatory overtime. Well, I can honestly say with my work, I've been told on Friday afternoon as I was leaving, hey, by the way, you've got to be at work in the morning. But they can't make you. That is not legal. And the only way I know that is from working union jobs. It is a Tennessee and a Georgia law that they have to provide notice of of mandatory overtime. But most people, like us, would be like, Cool, I'll be there. That's time and a half. All right. right. Love that time and a half. But even then, you just said you were told on when? Friday when I was leaving. By the way, we got to work in the morning. Then you reach out to promoters Friday as soon as your ass gets told, <coughs> I got to work. I can't be there tomorrow. Don't wait until an hour before showtime on Saturday. Or you reach out and you're like, hey, I got to work tomorrow. I may be late. Yeah. Don't wait till an hour before showtime. Be like, oh, I meant to call you. I'm not going to be able to make it. Because if you give enough notice, anybody can be replaced. But if you sit there and leave them hanging, thinking they're coming, and then you're not, it screws you and screws the promoter, it screws the promotion, it screws the rest of the talent. Because... That one person could have been loving his job all looking forward to who he was wrestling all week. Or, and then everything gets shifted around. You know, maybe it's a big match for this guy. <clears throat> he's bringing friends or family or whatever and then has to change it. And he's, you know, wrestling somebody completely different now. Yeah, you got to think. <clears throat> you canceling or giving last minute notices doesn't just affect you, it affects a whole bunch of things. It's a revolving door right there. Right. You got to make sure give <clears throat> if it's not an emergency, you need to give at least I'd say if it shows on a Saturday, Monday to Monday, Tuesday at the latest in my opinion. Yeah, I mean there's the exception of the rule of course. Yeah. Like, emergency happens, yeah. But also we know when emergencies keep happening over and over and over again, you start seeing a pattern. Mm-hmm. And also with that talent, if you get to that point, it's time to take a break. 
if you get to the point where it's not fun to go or you're dreading going, that's when it's time you're burnt out. It's time to take a break. Agreed. You know, as a booker and promoter, Tyler and I both try to keep an extra guy or two around. But sometimes, you know, we can't. Right. So just, you know, if you take the booking, honor the booking. And like, uh, if you can't let somebody know, and like with us, to me, you should be letting me know and Tyler know. Because we all know God loves him, but Tyler ain't the best at checking messages. Yeah. Yeah, he'll admit that. Yeah, he'll be the first one to tell you. Okay. So, you know, send it to Tyler. Send it to me. If you're a referee, Josh is your go-to. Like, he's in charge of the referees. We don't book any referee but him. Anybody else, that's all Josh. Yep. And I'm, I'm very efficient when it comes to responding to messages. That's how I got in touch with Marty, Dave, or Slim. People know me Slim. You know, so, <clears throat> yep. And honestly, they're both uh, pretty good refs. I love them. From what I've seen. I mean, I've worked with Marty before, and then. I, lo- I like Marty. Agreed. <clears throat> you know, that's one of the two things that most promoters take for granted. A good referee and a good ring announcer. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, because the referee will make or break your match. Definitely can. Absolutely, and it takes three people to make that match work. Agreed. Everybody's got to be on the same page, know what's coming, where you're going. Just how in the ring we have to know positioning to be safe. So does the referee. Yep. Yep. Like the <clears throat> other day after that spit spot, still said beer down, you knew to grab that beer can just in case somebody was to bump on it. Absolutely. And I also made sure after those spots, you know, dry up the ring as best as I could be. And then I even tested it afterwards. I, I ran the ropes, make sure it wasn't too slick because we don't need our, our wrestlers getting hurt out there if we can absolutely help it. If we can prevent something like that, we're going to. Well, since we've already started kind of talking about it a little bit, uh, you said the spit spot that happened this past Saturday. We can go ahead and uh, you got the notebook. We'll go ahead and do the RCW review from this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Because it was the last show of 2023 on December the 30th. And man, what a way we went out, man. Holy shit. Went out with a gangbang, if you want to say it. There was discussions of something similar in the production office. <laughs> yes, there were. Yep. <laughs> and we all we all <coughs> learned do not trust Tyler to plan it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of my Oh shit. Alrighty, so let's kick all things right, off. So, did we have a name for this show? Uh I don't remember. I don't think we did. The rear end review or anything like that? I don't know. 
Okay, last show of the year. All right. We'll call it RCW presented Day of Reckoning because John Bishop finally had to live up to his. <laughs> he lost. I hate it for him, but God, him, that was funny shit. I ain't we'll stupid call enough. It Day of Reckoning because he got his reckoning. All right, RCW's Day of I Reckon. <laughs> First, First some hell. Damn near killed him. <laughs> That's when you know your daddy was a truck driver when they make that joke. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Yeah. Kylie told me that. I spit my drink out. <laughs> I love that. It never gets old. Hey, you know why they're called pirates? Because they are. They just are. Oh, I love them guys. I love them guys. They're almost as funny as Trap Masters. Oh, I Trap fucking Masters love Trap Masters. Masters. It's fucking hilarious, man. Homeboy been on some shit in his life. <laughs> you have to be to, for the shit that comes out of his mouth in the world. If you really go on did. his page, though, he talks about he was a recovering addict. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's got the facials and the mannerisms of an addict down pat. And if you don't have Tic Tac, Tic Tac. <laughs> hey, that's a good TikTok, I would suggest not getting it. Because it is the most beautiful, time-consuming thing in the world. It will take your life. You will be watching a video, and the next thing you know, it's seven hours later and the sun's coming up, and you're still on TikTok. Still watching the same video. Or if you're in my case, you watch the videos, and then you also post shit about toxic-ass women. Yeah, you angry little troll. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when people stop acting like assholes, I'll crawl back under my bridge. You shake my beer, I shake you. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brains. Oh, <laughs> I love John's a man insane. Okay, well, RCW, first match on the card from this past Saturday was... Detour off the tracks already. Oh, don't, don't you know? It wouldn't be the Turn the Buckle podcast without it. All right. Oh, hold on. Speaking of, this is the Turn the Buckle podcast, and I'm Jason Hampton. Oh, I'm Josh Cox. And I am Ben Thresher. Okay, now, first match on the card. <laughs> first match on the card with our dysfunctional asses was T.Y., Tyler Sutton, versus Torque. T.Y., still suffering from that losing streak. Man, I don't, I don't know. Josh, that says Torquay. Torquay? Torquay. We're going to call him Turquoise. Turquoise. But this was a really good match. They they calling by his name because if not, he'll pull up, look at you, and say, "Why are you calling me a different name?" <laughs> <laughs> Here, just 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 have your energy drink and shut up, Torque. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never heard of that kind of energy drink before. <laughs> Gives him a little bit of. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, was it was a really very, good match. Like I said, Sutton. Uh, I don't think he's won Just all year at RCW. Now, granted, he's not hes not on the, the full-time rooster this past year. He was doing a lot of traveling, but... But anytime uh, he's been there, he's I don't think he's won a single match. Anytime he's been there. Been struggling to pick up a win, and this week was no different. His torch momentum carried him through to another victory. Absolutely, and it was a, it was a good neck and neck match. They 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 did a good match. They really set the tone for the night, and I thought it was an awesome match. Agreed. Who won? Torque won. Who okay. said that? Got him with a roll up, wheelbarrow roll up. 
Next up is the tag team that we could not figure out for the life of us what their names was. Brothers of War. Yeah, no war, no war dogs. Yeah, I don't know why we, we were thinking dogs of war, war dogs or something. We were just throwing war out. We was, anything with war. <coughs> it had to do with dogs and war, we said it. But Brothers of War went against our upstart rookie tag team of Damian Bradshaw and Trinity. Accompanied by their mentor, Jess Wade. And Charlie Chaotic, I think was his name. Like yes, with the Brothers of War. Charlie Chaotic. What? I like that name. But they, these these boys got a good look. They 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 got a lot of potential. I don't know how long they've been wrestling, but they're a good tag team for sure. Agreed. I've known both of them and both of their... Uh, let's see. Caleb's mom was a valet for Jason Max, Willie B. Bad, Willie B. The Willie B. Bad, and Brad Cash and the Death Row inmates for years up in Knoxville, UWA. And uh, okay. I wrestled with Caleb's dad for years, so I've known these boys for years. And Caleb's uh, been wrestling, I think, thirteen years, and Xander's eight years. So yeah, they've definitely got some miles for sure. Good guys, uh, come down workforce in the Knoxville area. Uh, good thing they wrestle because they pick shitty football teams. <laughs> I know the one's a Florida fan. He was giving me hell about my Tennessee hoodie. Yeah, so I told him, I was like, how do you live in Knoxville? And you like the wrong color orange. <laughs> right. But uh, I thought this was a very good match here. I like the way that uh, they use their manager to draw Jess. So they do some, some shenanigans to pick up the victory. Yep. Brothers are definitely going to be a force to work with. And nothing for Damien and Trudy to be worried about too much. They just pick themselves up, learn from their mistakes, and then they keep on because our tag team division is getting stacked as hell right now. Thank you. Hey. Makes me sad. There, there. It's okay. But I was still in Tyler the other day. That's we got to build that division. Next up, wrestling is the best art form. Mm. There Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Next up, we had probably one of the most entertaining matches of the night. No, I wasn't next. As David Young went against Matt Sex Sales. And we probably had one of the most entertaining matches in the history of RCW. Yes. Absolutely. And this match was... Shout out to Matt Sales for his uh, Georgia Bulldogs-inspired year. It was made up to look like the black alternate Georgia jerseys with Sales on the front instead of the Georgia logo. It was nice. on the back. Then a small... Did you notice the SEC logo? I didn't see the SEC logo. Yeah, right on the... Uh, Right shoulder strap. It had the round logo, SEC logo on the uniforms. But instead of saying SEC, it said SEX. Ah, oh, nice. Letters. Hell yeah. Yeah, it had the trim around, the red and black trim around the, the straps and everything too. Hell yeah. Now this match was, not only was the fans going all out, the, the group of college kids, man, they were giving it to us all night long. 
Let me tell you a little backstory here. Um, of course, everybody knows David Young, the Messiah, the Spine Buster, former NWA Wildside heavyweight champion, four-time World Tag Team champions, uh, second person signed to a TNA deal. Uh, Matt Sells during this time, when David is doing all these things at Wildside, is training at Wildside and is wrestling on our Friday night franchise shows. It was like a developmental show. And it had been around David all these years. This is the first time ever that they locked up inside a ring. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Yeah. And it all centered around David wanting Matt to drink a, give him a beer and drink with him. Matt did not take too kindly to that because he did not want to share his beer. No. Matt doesn't like to share beer. <laughs> so what proceeded next was probably about 10 minutes or so of no okay a little inside baseball here they get in the ring at 842 <laughs> we usually like to go three batches intermission and come back with the rest of the card you know around box when we want to take our intermission yep so, and he's like, what time is it? And I tell him, and he goes, man, what are we going to do? I was like, we may have to move a match from the second half to the first half. We didn't need that because by the time they got done, it was like two minutes after nine. <clears throat> so about a solid 20 minutes of comedy and wrestling. Yep. Which ended with Matt finally giving David a beer. They. He took he take a sip, and just in classic old beer drinking Stone Cold fashion. Was he, it a beer that he did lick earlier in the match? Oh, he he licked all the beers. <laughs> hey boys, I just hit for the cycle. Nice. Hell yeah. Take two. Take two. I'm already at two. <laughs> <laughs> but get spears bit out. Kick to the gut. Drops David Young. He hit him with the palm strike after the kick to the gut. Yes. Aye. And your winner is Matt Sex Sales. The roll model. The boozer weight. Straight from Atlanta, Georgia. Then we take our intermission and we come back with... Well, no, no, we went straight through. We were supposed to take an intermission, but that got canceled. They said, next match, get ready. Which, Which I, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> well, the next match got ready, but it got skipped. It did. <coughs> yeah, the next match was supposed to be Jason's match. We're going to go inside baseball here. The wrong music got played, and they weren't gonna. nobody was going to admit mistakes. I'll tell you why we decided to go no intermission. Because we had a whole group of like fraternity kids from college there, and they were lively. Uh, and we didn't want to take a chance on killing any momentum we had. So Tyler was like, what do you think, no break? And I was like, at Empire, we never took an intermission. Right. At UEW, the only reason I took an intermission was because we had merch. You know, everybody brought merch to sell back then. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was the time to sell it. Uh, 
And I was like, I'm okay with it. We'll see how it does. And I think that it did better. Well, yeah. the next match was supposed to be, initially it was supposed to be Jason against Aiden Wright. Full disclosure, Aiden had to cancel because he tested positive for COVID. That's one of those emergency situations. So he wasn't feeling great. Took a COVID test, found out he had COVID, messaged us first thing Saturday morning. But he messaged us early enough for us to find a replacement, which actually he messaged Friday. I take that back. Yeah, it's Friday. <clears throat> yeah, because it was Friday evening because I messaged and got a replacement that uh, I don't think disappointed. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's supposed to be Jason's match. Well, then I look up and Tyler is playing Cerebus' music. I was like, what are you doing? He goes, they're next. I was like, do they have a promo? He goes, no, they're next. And I was like, no, they're not. He goes, yeah, they are. So I showed him the card. He goes, oh, well, they're next now. Tell them to get ready. <laughs> and I, yeah, because at this point, if you stop the music, you got to admit you made a mistake. He said, yep, so we're going with it. So we had the team of uh, Cerebus, uh, Brent Banner, and Jake Murphy, Murphy with Kat Von Frankenstein. Defending the RCW tag team titles against the people with the worst ring music in the history of the business, the besties for life. <laughs> yeah, I was there when Ben when the music played. Ben had his hands covered over his ears. It's so bad. <laughs> hey. I know at least one of the members of that tag team likes that music. Oh, so the other doesn't. I don't know. But I know for a fact one of them does because when I was going to the gym with this person, they would play it and like, listen, this is awesome. This is going to be a ring music. And that makes even more sense. Yeah. <laughs> it is the worst music my ears have ever heard. It's worse than the screamo death metal pop shit that done by chicks Jason used to come out to. I've never had any bad ring music, Andrew Alexander. According to me and Andy, you've had one song that was good, and that's your current music. Uh, I've you had should come out to Flyleaf. No, I never came out to Flyleaf. I picked our music. Uh, I picked our best music. We can't let you pick Yin Yang Clans because Chuck thinks it's his music. <laughs> <coughs> no, when I picked the Fall Out Boys Beat It, that was our best ring music. Beat It was good. Dope was good. Yin Yang was good. One of my favorites is number one by Nelly, though. That was the original Wild Boy music. Um, that was good. Uh, oh, I think they like me. That was a good one. Especially since we just turned baby face. Yep. The day we started using it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Legit, we show up to this show and they're like, oh, by the way, y'all are baby now. Oh, oh, no, no. We didn't show up to wrestle. We dropped Banks off and was going to leave. Yeah, we were just... Yeah, we weren't even there to wrestle, and they're like, hey, you want to work? And we're like, yeah, sure. Okay, your baby. What? And then the next week, we were the tag team champions in a scaffold match. Or we won the tag titles in a scaffold match. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. yeah I gave J.L. Cool spine buster off the scaffolding. It was a three-tiered scaffold match. That I was the yeah, only one. I don't think not of the Skywalker scaffold. No. I, it was just like if you're sitting up scaffolding. It was a construction to... scaffold. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, but I hit the third level of that. Give JL to sit out Spinebuster off that. 
Oh, I want to. I want you. I want to. I want to find that now because I want to see that shit. No wonder I had to have neck surgery. I was the only one they trusted to climb up all the way. That's why we won. Yeah, I I got to that third tier. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Ain't going no higher. Fucking hell. This was a very good match. Uh, A lot of bad blood coming into it because if you remember back, which would have been, what, the 30th minus 14 days, the 16th of December, Mm -hmm. uh, they had Viper Hook for the Spike DDT. Uh, dropped him <coughs> on his dome. I suspended Jake and Cat. Uh, ended up suspending Brent because, you know, told him he could wrestle. Then we had uh, Viper in a neck brace. Spent, you know, his, his holiday break through the new year almost wearing a neck brace. So this match had some uh, some aggression going into it. Viper let that aggression get the best of him because he ended up getting his team disqualified. Okay, ready up. Mm. Winners and still tag team champions are Cerebus, but the great stylistic tones that Joey <coughs> and B love so much of Ben Thrasher hit. <laughs> That's me, by the way. Yes, you are. I come to the ringside, and I make a match for this Saturday, January the, what is Sixth. January the 6th at the Randy Wyndham Memorial Show for Cerebus to defend the RCW Tag Team titles against the Besties for Life in a no-disqualification match. That's 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 definitely going to be uh, pretty brutal because now they can take their aggression out all they want and they ain't got to worry about a bell being run. Yeah, but the only thing, and this is what the fans are going to hate, and I already see if Cerebus pulls it out, I can already hear it and I can see my inbox coming, is that there's absolutely nothing that you as a referee or me as the commissioner can do about cat. I yeah. figured that was the best way to level the playing field. Yep. Now, also, if she gets involved, she's she get her ass planted as well. Yep, she's fair game. And I know everybody would love to get their hands on her, and I know the fans would love to see it. But, you know, Cerebus, uh, mainly, you know, Murphy and Cat have been using the disqualification rule to their advantage for well over a year now. Mm-hmm. So let's see how they do when... <laughs> They don't have that option of getting disqualified yep. to retain the titles. Can't take the easy way out. And I'm not saying that he's not an athlete enough to get it done because Jake is a phenomenal professional wrestler. Agreed. But also, once you get accustomed to taking the shortcut for so long... Hey, might as well keep doing it. And at this time, he's, he's legally allowed to do that. Rams allowed to do that, but on the other hand, let's not forget that Wes Blaze and Johnny Viper have been two of the most dastardly individuals in RCW history at times. Right. 
not to mention other places, remember? Viper's the one who created a, a super group back at Empire called the Illuminati. They ran Rush Out for Empire for, for God for a long time. And then when the Collins brothers were tired of being brainwashed by him, they left. And he created another super group with Matt Fortune and Seven as Cerebus. Not Cerebus, what was there? The Cabal. The Cabal. So he's, he's done some dirty stuff. And it wasn't that long ago that West was on that side of the fence. So I don't think that fans need to overlook what Viper and West can do with their backs against the wall and the rules being latched. That brings us to our co-host, Jason's match. Jason, we'll let you talk about it. Well, we already talked a little bit about it. Aiden was supposed to be there. I was going to defend the No Limits title. And uh, Aiden wasn't able to make it, so you had to find a replacement. and. Well, you couldn't make it easy on me. I know you. Uh, I mean, regardless of how I feel about you, like everybody knows you're my best friend in the world, but I also feel you're probably the most underrated wrestler this area's ever seen, mainly in your own head, because we all know how good you are. Yep. So I don't, you know, Jake's made the comments over and over. I'm not playing favorites with anybody. My end result is to put on the best product for those fans in RCW. Right. So then I thought, who do I know? First of all, it's a Friday evening. Who do I know that's going to be available last minute that is going to give you the challenge that I would have and something that the fans are going to love that it hit me. The 16th, we brought this guy in for his first show. And to me, he needs to be there as often as possible. So I reached out to him. And when I reached out to him, he said, yeah, because I knew he was taking this weekend off. So I just double-checked, made sure he was still off. He said, yeah, so you're not now. I need you in Chatsworth, Georgia tomorrow. This is who you got. He sends out a video immediately. You the heads up. Yeah, I got the... uh I got the heads up on who the replacement was when I picked you up to go to RCW. Right. Because I don't have the book of the faces. So I was unable to see the video that was posted. And, hell, I'm not going to make no excuses. He's a... It was Big Andy. And it is not... It is not an ironic name. He, he, he a big son bitch. I'm telling you. Not only did he come highly recommended from somebody in this business who I actually love and value their opinion, and David Young, the guy reminds me of me so much. And I 100% can see that <coughs> in his style. A big guy that can move and work and cut a promo. He's got all the tools to be a top star somewhere. Absolutely. 
And this was like, this was shocking because I was right there officiating the match. Large Andrew is what we call him on the podcast. Yes, Large Andrew. And as I said, it is not an ironic name that he is called Big Andy because he is big. Six foot four, 400 pounds. Listen to this. You've seen me in person. He is bigger than I am. Yes. Yep. And last year's stats, he's got an inch on me and a And as we speak right now, if he's legit 400, he's got 53 pounds on me. But he does not look like a 400. Well, I had a little, uh, yeah, you know, I had some. It reminds me of, not to cut you off, but, uh, you know, I get the comparisons to me just because where we're at in the business at these points in our career. But he's a taller Bam Bam. I can see that. I can see that, yes. That is Bam Bam taller, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Just his athleticism. Yeah. Ted Turner would call it his athleticism. Athleticism. He is a tremendous athlete. So you only had, it takes us about 40 minutes to get from my house to Chatsworth. Yeah. <clears throat> so you only had about 40 minutes to even think about the match changing and all that. I mean, you had your your time before, but, you know, also you're doing a hundred other things. You're socializing in your locker room. You're you're getting dressed. You're, you're doing this. So you didn't have a whole lot of prep time to change your, your strategy. From somebody that you've known for years and have wrestled, probably times are better in Aiden to somebody you've not only never been in the ring with, only seen once. But you, yeah, you've only seen once. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any excuses. I'm not gonna say I didn't have time to prepare because, hell, I wrestled David Young as an open challenge. I didn't know who it was till his video shot. Right. So the the prep time that wasn't what got me. It was just not being ready for the size. I've not wrestled anybody that big since I wrestled you. Yeah. So you know, no no excuses made. He whooped my ass. I I had trouble moving him. I got him rocking there at the end. I went for the flatliner, was going to get him. I thought I was going to have him put down, but he wound up hooking the rope as I came to him. I mean, just damn ring position. He got he got lucky. He used that size to his advantage. He was able to reach the, reach the ring ropes, and I toppled over. He splashed me so hard I about shit myself, and... Yeah, that's why we didn't go to Waffle House, Josh. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No but sit they, down. Let's go to Waffle House. He's like, uh, there were no sit down restaurants uh, for me. And he was like, I didn't bring an extra pair of drawers or pants, and he spit out of me. That's hilarious. <clears throat> but me knowing you, I'm sure you're gonna. You're not happy with that. No, not at all. And it's like I said, he said in the video, because, 
y'all showed me his video he sent in that he was going to take me out. And, you know, I walked out under my own power, so. Well, not only that, he made it known that you got something he wants, too. He yeah. don't want to take you out. He wants your title. And uh, he, he wants to be the one to make him say, uh. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I told him after the match. I grabbed the microphone from Joey Gambino, and I told him, I was like, look, you said you were going to take me out, but I'm still standing. And I said, next time we do this, I said, hell, I'll put the belt on the line. Which, by the way, thank you, Joey Gambino, for stepping in to fill our ring announcer spot uh, on short notice. Yes. Appreciate that. Did a hell of a job. Dale's been having some family issues here lately. Uh, Mom's been in the hospital. We'll leave it at that. Uh, so he's been burning the candle at both ends, as they say. Yep. And just needed, you know, needed some time to himself to relax and rest. So we obliged that. Thank goodness that Gambino was there to step in for us. Definitely. But big, uh, big Andy picks up the win with a squishy squash. And it was. Brutal. May Jason shed himself. Just, just, just maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I, ain't, I ain't gonna confirm nor deny the shit stain that was in them underoos that I had to throw away. Yeah, usually you have to pay premium prices for that kind of stuff. Speaking of which, our next match was John Bishop versus Charles Allen. Now, before we get into it, let's talk about John Bishop looking better than he's ever looked before. Absolutely. Let me guess. I wonder why that is, Ben. Well, you see, Bishop is one of those guys. I like the kid. I've liked him since he was the shit-talking, no-listening, Wandy the Wassler. God, I remember Wandy the Wassler. If you know, you know. If you don't, You'll get, don't ask. Don't ask. But he likes to talk off at the mouth without thinking about what he says about the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I get it. He's young. He's a Georgia fan. Y'all are as bad as the fucking Cowboys fans, as bad as the Yankees fans, as bad as Golden State Warriors fans. Hey, I don't get like his ass. I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you forget that you're fucking built by Bama still. So, he liked to talk all his shit leading up to the SEC championship game. So, we made a wager. As we all know, Alabama knocked off the number one team in the nation, Georgia. Which means John lost the bet. Now, the show immediately after, Bishop was sick, couldn't make it, so we've been waiting on this for uh, about three weeks at this point. The deal was I would have to wear a Al- Georgia jersey that he would bring, and he would have to wear an Alabama hoodie that I would bring. Of course, I won. So Bishop comes out wearing his Alabama hoodie for his match with Charles Allen. And the best part is I added a little caveat at the end of the bet that he didn't know about. I took a picture of him in the production office with the hoodie on. He's giving the thumbs up. So I've already shared it on Facebook. And for the next year, that will be our promotional picture going forward for John Bishop. That's absolutely hilarious. Oh, wait. 
but there's more. There's more. I am also going to send it to the other promoters that I know he wrestles for, for their promotional pictures of John Bishop for the next calendar year. <laughs> That's why you don't make bets like that. I'm a I'm a massive Georgia Bulldogs fan. I but I don't talk. I'm not bad like Bishop is. Jesus Christ! I know. No, shut up. You're one of the good ones. You and Adam Jacobs and Big Andy are some of the good ones. Uh, Gregory uh, Tyler's brother, Greg Bramlett, he's a good one. Uh, a little jousting I can handle, but if what? the shit ain't accurate, don't post it. Like he Bishop had posted one. And, Georgia ain't lost a game in three years. Alabama's beat y'all once in the last, you know, once a year in the last three years. Yep. Alabama's always been our Achilles. Undefeated streak. Congratulations. That's one more game than Alabama's longest undefeated streak. Back-to-back national titles. Congratulations. Saban has done that. Has he done it in the playoff era? No, but he's done it. But let's be real. How many total national championships do y'all have, Josh? Three. Saban has six. Six Six. from the University of Alabama. One from LSU. Yep. Plus the other ones that other coaches won at the University of Alabama. So, great team, great run. By no means am I knocking what they've done. But are they a dynasty? Are they the new Alabama? No. And they shouldn't want to be the new Alabama. They should want to be a dynasty or a good team for their program. Yeah, they're built by Bama, absolutely. They've always been a good team. It's not like Kirby Smart inherited a shit fucking team. Y'all were an eight to nine win team every year under Mark Rick. Absolutely. That's good stats. That's money coming in. That's bowl games. That's great recruitment. Yep. It's SEC championship win every so often in there. Never. But let's be honest. Y'all win the weakest division in the SEC. Yeah. So let's see how that changes next year when there is no divisions. I'm excited about that. You know, it'll be the two best teams. Now, granted. In a 12-team playoff, there'll be at least four SEC teams in it when it's all done. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least at least four. I mean, if you look at it the way the year was this year, you would have had Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, Ole Miss. I think that's it, right? Yeah. I think so from uh, the SEC. I mean, I don't have a rankings in front of you, but that's four right there. And there's usually four within that top 12 with Alabama. I mean, the SEC. But Bishop picks up the win over uh, Charles Allen. And since we didn't get to talk about the 16th, Charles Allen has returned to RCW. Uh, The mainstay there took some time off, healed some injuries. Learn some new holds. Got a new coat of paint, or a paint of coat, as Bruce Pritchard says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's back. Uh, he'll be back with us going forward for the foreseeable future. So I have to welcome Charles back. He's a solid hand to have in the locker room. Absolutely. Entertaining, too, in the locker room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charles is a good guy. Uh, Bishop picks up the victory with that. 
Which brings us to our main event of the night. And holy shit, what a match. God, no doubt. Damn, yes it was. And that match was... I said ringside for this one. Yeah, it was Chris Crunk defending the RCW Heavyweight Championship against Zach Dye. I you see- didn't see it, but I was sitting ringside and Jason was over my shoulder. Yes. It was fucking great. I've seen them before wrestle each other back when they was at Chip show, when Chip had his newly... Uh, this was a whole different. Oh uh, yeah. Oh man, both these guys have come so far since then. Absolutely. Like it's not even the same talent. They have such good chemistry. Like, incredible. There's, if somebody sent me that match on a highlight reel, I'm not just booking the one that sends it to me. I'm booking them both. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and who is the referee? I want his contact info, too. Like, everything y'all, the three of y'all did was perfect. It was done in the right spot. It wasn't rushed. Everybody knew their positioning. Everybody knew where they were supposed to be. It was incredible. Top to bottom all the way in through. In my opinion, that was Zach Dye's breakthrough performance. Agreed. And he's been solid. Zach's been solid since we trained him at my UEW. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's had a good run doing Chip Show and a good run at RCW prior. But this, I think, encompasses everything that we taught him and everything he's picked up. Like, he is he is now – he can travel anywhere and I'd put my name on him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Without hesitation. And he's got the eye of very respected veteran Georgia wrestlers on the working. Chip Day's foaming at the mouth to wrestling. Be a damn good match for him. I'd I love to see that. Uh, but this match was not without his controversy, though. <sighs> yeah. That seems to follow me with heavyweight title matches, too. little inside baseball here, though. Josh gives me the microphone. I was like, why are you giving me this? Then I realized, oh, Joey quit ring announcing. He's managing Crunk. <laughs> yeah. But the controversy we speak of is Crunk gets his uh, his finishing move on Zach. One last That's one, two, three. But Zach's foot was clearly under the bottom rope. How could you miss which, that? Which negates... Which should negate a three count. I was positioned looking at the shoulders. Like, I don't care what position you prefer. <laughs> but yes, you know, I mean, my call was final, but after. And that's what I told him. Like, Zach's bitching about it, Crunk's on the microphone, and he tells Zach basically what we just said. Zach is not taking the compliment. He just keeps saying over and over, my foot was under the rope. He screwed me. Crunk looks at me. Make and asked me, he said, Ben, and I said, his foot was clearly under the rope. But the referee's decision is final. There's nothing I can do about that. Then Crunk being not only the champion that he is, but being the man he is, he tells Zach, okay, anytime, any place you want to rematch, you've got it. And I just thought that was incredible. Like, Hell yeah. 
that. He's already beat the kid. He's he's already beat Zach. He didn't have to award him another title shot. Yeah. But he wants his, he wants to be a man of his word and a fighting champion and also to have this match to end in a decisive finish with no controversies. So I, I don't blame him at all. And that will set us up for this Saturday at the RCW Arena, 3890 Alternate 52 in Chatsworth, Georgia. The Tabernacle of Professional Wrestling. The what? The Tabernacle of Professional Wrestling. Tabernacle, that's right. Doors open at 7, bell time. The show will start directly at 8 o'clock on the dot. Tickets are $10 for adults, $5 for children. Under 4 is free with a paid adult. We do have a family four-pack of tickets for only $5. You must mention it at the door, or we will charge you full price. That's a saving of $15. We offer police, fire, military discounts as well. Josh, if they do that group discount and save on some money, what can they do with that cash? They can take that extra cash and hop on over to the Renegade Diner, get them a delicious snack and a tasty beverage, which if you get that popcorn, you're going to need it because that shit is salty. I was about to say, I suggest the popcorn and the Dr. Pepper. Yes, perfect yes. combination. Because man, always have almost as cold, and it burns going down, and you think you're gonna die from it, so it's delicious. And that popcorn and Dr Pepper is almost as good as cookies and Dr Pepper. Yep. And Ben always good as what lead, led up to cookies and Dr Pepper. Blah 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 blah. Ben always like, hey, go get me some popcorn real quick. I was like, okay. I always take my discount, which is my handful or so of popcorn that I eat on the way to bring it to him. Sometimes I leave it in front of him. Yeah, I didn't get any this week. Yeah, I think they've been. I don't know if they if they just haven't had any. The last, I think, two shows they haven't had any. I didn't even ask for it this week. I was just. I think. I think a lot depends on who's in the locker room and if I stay busy bullshitting. I'm there. That's true. So I had Dave and Matt both in the locker in the production office this week. So, you know, we was telling. Plus, we all know the story that ended up happening that Dave is in the middle of. So. <laughs> We were all living vicariously through those text messages. <laughs> but, uh... Well, because Dave wouldn't be a friend if he didn't do that. <clears throat> oh, exactly. We wouldn't expect anything less from him. <laughs> but this show is the Randy Wyndham Spice It Up Memorial Show featuring the Spice It Up Battle Royal, which is a our version of a Royal Rumble. We call it a Mega Rumble. The Amiga Rumble. We'll start every 90 seconds. We will shoot another guy in. The last remaining man standing will win the Spice It Up briefcase, which guarantees them a title opportunity of any championship in RCW, anytime, any place. Last year, that case was won by Jake Murphy, and we all know what he did with that case. Catapulted oh, his career. Terror. <coughs> Gosh. So we're going to have two return matches. Besties for Life versus Cerebus for the tag titles and a no disqualification match. Jess Wade came to me and asked if his boys could have one more shot against the uh, Brothers of War. So you have the Brothers of War versus Trinity and Damian Bradshaw. All this and so much more. Don't miss it. Be, Be there. there. And for any other information, check out our socials. Uh, Josh, make sure you post this week's flyer on our Facebook for yep. the, tur- the 
podcast. Posted it on my Facebook and the uh, the pod Facebook already. And it's on my page as well. And also, a week from this coming Friday, that date will be January 12th. Get Doc Returns. And man. Totally different. It's going deadly. Yes, this is... Gaza Stocks goes deadly as we combine Tyler's two passions of music and pro wrestling. We will have a first in RCW at our arena. We will have the first death match in the history of Chatsworth. And once Ben tells you who's in there? Death King, it was a Death Wish, Brad Cash takes on the Kill Billy Nathan Mari in a death match. God, going to be brutal. We're also going to see their docs. We will also see alcohol versus water as Chris Crunk takes on Matt Sales. <laughs> Luther has to drink the beverage of the winner's choice. Oh, God. H2O. And I'm kind of pulling for, uh, I'm kind of pulling for my buddy Matt in that one because Crunk's never tasted alcohol. So I'm eager to see how this one goes. That's actually very, very funny. And then we got, I don't know, what the, I can't remember the dude's name, but uh, he's gonna, we got DJ going to be on the turntables. We'll be a live DJ. On the ones and the twos. The real one. Eric. He's on the ones and twos. I think his name's Eric. I think it's Chad Capri. Eric, Eric. If you got the kid Capri, you're angry right now. <laughs> so that'll be uh, the two next events coming up at the Tabernacle. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, next week we'll do a you know another reminder of Gaza stock, but don't miss us this week because this Spice It Up show is a special one to the RCW crew because Mr. Wyndham meant so much to so many people there and He's actually who brought me back around uh, to fill his spot while he was battling the cancer that he eventually succumbed to. Uh, so it's a special show for us, and we try to do something big there. So be a good night to have you guys out there with us. Oh, yeah. Every time we're there is a good night to have you guys with us. Agreed. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, take a quick break right here, and uh, we'll come back and... Do a little bit of talky-talk for a few minutes and then get ready to pop and push and close this thing out the right way. Lock and drop. So we will be right back. And we're back. Hey, I was hoping you wouldn't forget that. I was hoping to. That's a key thing on this podcast. That he stole from another podcast. It's okay. Borrowed. It's borrowed. Respectfully borrowed, yes. Respectfully being used. I, I'm sure he stole it from somewhere, too. It's been passed around. I know her. <laughs> I was hoping he'd do that. All righty. All right, so we're going to do uh, something a little different. We uh, always have trouble finding news topics, and, you know, this week is no different. I mean, the only news... Would be WWE's big announcement that we still don't know what it is because we ain't seen it nowhere. Oh, I 
yards, you're talking this and he's getting ready, I will look and see if there's an update on that since it's 10 o'clock now. Yeah. And uh, Wrestle Kingdom was last night, this morning, but phenomenal. I haven't seen anything about it, so I'd rather so see I, it before I talked about it. So we're we gonna do, do it next week. Give you a week to watch it. Yeah, we're gonna do something Josh has talked about trying to do for a while, and that's uh, having a couple quick hit discussions that we can you know do and talk about in a short time. So, so yeah. So one thing that I've got on here is you know. We've seen it a lot in the AEW locker room, and it might be in other locker rooms too, but, you know, you hear about this a lot, especially with fucking uh, Hangman Adam Page. It's advice in wrestling where, you know, he went on record where saying that he listens to the veterans, but he doesn't take their advice. He just, okay, cool, whatever. So one of the topics that I had was, okay, so. mustache too. <laughs> so one of the topics I have is, okay, you think you're, 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 the exception to this rule and don't need to take advice. So what happens when y'all start getting older and getting more prominent in the business and then y'all become vets? Are you just going to tell people that come up to you that are training, hey, just figure it out on your own? Or are you going to expect them to listen to your advice? But how are you going to expect them to listen to your advice when you didn't do it to the veterans that came before you? So what y'all's take on something like that? I always thought you always listen to advice. Yeah. You don't have to take Whether every piece. Whether you apply it or not, you always listen. Exactly, and apparently he does, he listens, but he doesn't take it into account. Like, it's like he doesn't care. Now, as for when he gets older, uh, I mean, yeah, he can talk till he's blue in the face, but, you know, he just, you can't get mad if someone don't take your advice if they're just doing exactly what you did. Exactly. It's almost like a... It's hypocritical in a way, pretty much. Yeah, it's like he's going to want you to be a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do type thing, but that's, you know, that's a horrible way to do anything. It's also horrible in the sense that... You can't can't say one thing and do another thing. Right. But you can also let these people get fed to the wolves and say, hey, I figured it out on my own, you can figure it out on your own kind of deal. And not everybody can, quote, figure it out on their own. I don't think... I mean, I guarantee... Uh, Hangman didn't figure everything out on his own. No. I mean, look who he was under the guidance of. You know, I mean, he started out as a school teacher in Virginia and then started wrestling around in Ring of Honor and New Japan. And Oh, you're, you're forgetting all the important stuff, though. He started doing, like, Carolina Indies. Yeah. Like, he was tag champs of Corey, our friend Corey. So, I know that he was given advice by guys like Gunner, our, our buddy Chad. I think it's a mentality with his generation, which is your generation, Josh, mm-hmm. of we know everything, you can't tell us shit. And that goes back to the way they were raised. That goes back to participation trophies and everybody being a winner. Which just doesn't work. And you can see that it doesn't work. Because then you have people doing shit like this, but saying something else. Like it, in the wrestling business, you're not supposed to be friends with everybody you work with. Yeah, you're not going to get along with everybody. Personalities it, are going to clash. You know, where they're at, it's a job. 
you going to work in like every single person that you deal with Monday through Friday, Josh? Absolutely not. But you have to deal with them because that is your job. Yeah, exactly. Pays bills, puts food on the table. Uh, let's yeah. see. This one says this is from SB Nation. Okay. Triple H's major announcement disappointed, but we did get two new Rumble entries. Okay. There was no new announcement from Triple H on this show other than host rehashing his news this morning on social media about Money in the Bank heading to Toronto. I guess that was technically the major announcement on this show, too, but we already knew about it. It's very underwhelming. I mean, even Tony Khan has better announcements than this. <laughs> I would go that far. Disappoint the, the disappointing, despite the disappointing major announcement, there was indeed still some news to break on the show. Two new Rumble engines were revealed. Becky Lynch and Nakamura. They can focus on throwing 29 others out. Da, 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 da. That's all it was. So, What was it? The Toronto and then two Rumble entrants that you knew were going to be in the Rumble anyway. He pulled his big announcement on Twitter this morning. Well... You know, like you said, Tony Khan's big I'm announcements. He's folded on eggs. Yes. I will not call it that. And Tony the Khan's. The person I've heard call it that, other than Elon Musk, is Matt Cardona. <laughs> every he says it, Brian Myers goes, You mean Twitter? That's funny. But no, it's. You know, well, that is what it is, you know. And spoiling it and saying, announcing Becky Lynch and Nakamura as Rumble entrance when you knew they were going to be in it anyway, that's kind of... Yeah, you want to surprise me? Tell me that. Let me think of somebody here. Tell me Matt Cardona is going to be in the Rumble. I don't tell me that. I want the pop. <laughs> <laughs> tell me that uh, Brooks Jensen is going to be in the Rumble. Yeah, you know, yeah. Surprise me. Carmelo. Hank the Tank's going to be in the Rumble. <laughs> I figure almost everybody on your main roster is going to be in the fucking Rumble. Yeah. That doesn't have a singles match. And there's probably going to be a couple that has a singles match or a tag match that's still going to be in the Rumble. That's what the Rumble is. All right. I got another quick hit for y'all. Tell me what y'all think about this. Give me y'all's opinions on this. Oh, hold on. Hold oh, on. Back no. to your other point. Um, I think what I was saying before the Hunter thing popped up was I think not only is it where you're at in your career too, but it's who you're with. That's true. If he was still hanging out with, say he was one of Cody and QT's boys, he's going to take criticism. Right. He's going to want to be a better wrestler. Even if he was just boys with Omega, I think he takes criticism. But the Bucks, have, to me, I like the Young Bucks. Don't get me wrong. But tell me anything they're doing differently now than they were when they were Generation Me and TNA 10, 12 years ago. No, it's the exact same stuff, but that's their deal. They Right. So they've not took that criticism to adapt to a different style so they can long, you know, have longer careers because they're both in their 30s. 
and beat up worse than I am. Right. So I think a lot of it goes to who you associate yourself with as well. Eat by association. If they don't like somebody, you're you're not going to like them, and you're not going to listen to their advice. Hence the punk drama. Yeah. But, you know, you brought up Ring of Honor. By the time he gets to where he's a star in Ring of Honor, he's the veteran there. Right, because when he first came in, he was the young boy getting beat up by Whitmer. Yeah. And scum. And scum, yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and O'Reilly had already been... No, 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 I'm sorry. He was doing jobs so they put him in scum because he wore that damn John Deere hat to the ring. Yep. So I think by the time he got to Ring of Honor, he may have already had the... You know, I'm a, I'm a contracted talent. You can't tell me nothing. But you read what you sub to, like. <coughs> yeah. Would WWE take him right now? Probably. Would he get out of NXT? Highly doubt it. Right. <coughs> hey, there's guys in NXT that are better than Hangman Page. Oh, oh yeah. completely. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of guys that's better than Hangman Page. Right off the top of my head, Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak's better than half the people on the AEW roster. Right, he's better than half the guys on the main roster. But he's a wrestler. He's not a. He's not a character. So exactly. Uh, let's see who uh, Mello. Yeah. Trick. So fucking good. I think Trick, as limited and green as he is, is on par with Page. I definitely agree with that. Uh, top eight. Our buddy Nathan Frazier. Yep, dragging off. Dragging off. Corbin. On. Dude, Corbin, Corbin is so good. Dijek. Dijek. Shane Thorne. Who? Thorne, the guy that's been working with Dijek. Shane Thorne. No, that's uh. What was it? Eddie Thorne's the mighty don't. Thorpe, Thorpe, Thorpe. Thorpe. Yeah, Eddie Thorpe. Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe. Sorry. I like him. He's like the first Native American wrestler that doesn't have a headdress on. He's like a modern day Tatanka. I do like Eddie Thorpe though. He's really good. Yeah, yes. agreed. He was in. Uh, he was in New Japan. Really? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was on the first Forbidden Door. Huh. That showcase match they did with the guys from the uh, dojo, the, was it uh, New Japan Strong? Yeah. Yeah. He was in it. Okay. It was uh, him and Clark Connors. But what else you got there, Joshua? All righty. Next piece of topic. Tell me what y'all think about this. In the current WWE product, can you say Triple H is a better leader than Vince? He learned the business aspect directly from Vince, so he has that knowledge. But he also has the empathy and understanding for the wrestlers, too, because he's been in their shoes. Define business. Like, day-to-day running of the company. Yeah, and also... Use of talent. 
Well, both. The day they run into the company, the use of talent, all these records that they've been I hitting. I don't think he has anything to do with day-to-day running of the company. Okay. No, I think he's strictly talent creative. and creative. Creative. Now, if we're going strictly talent and creative, 100%. Oh, yeah. And if you need any proof, go back and watch the rise of NXT in 2014, February, when the network launched. Yeah. Much stuff before then, too. I mean, it's not bad. It's the same booking, but, you know, it got on the network and launched for the masses in 2014. Right. But what be from its start all the way up until the 2.0 when somebody else took over creative, Vince and Kevin Dunn, and look at how great that product was, and then look at, go back to SummerSlam, not, this, not 2020, but 2021 when they were in Nashville, Hunter's first show being back in some capacity of booking, and look at look at how the the stories have evolved, how the business has changed, how the attendance is now. A hundred percent. You're never gonna knock Vince for what he did, but to me that was more behind the scenes stuff than it was wrestling. Yeah. Because if you go back and watch there was good matches in every era. Oh yeah. But to me an era that Vince was in complete control that can touch anything. That Hunter's booked. And make sure you listen to exactly what I said. When Vince was in complete control, that means no riding team. No riding team, no attitude era, because that was Russo. Attitude era was garbage if you're talking in ring for the most part. That was more situational comedy, uh, promos and vignettes. The in ring was very limited at that time. Right. The golden era was squash matches. The only matches really that were entertaining through that were your intercontinental title matches with your workhorses and some of your tag team matches. The rest of it was Hogan against Monsters. It was like Jerry Lawler booking. Keep creating big, giant monsters for Hogan to go through. Then you had the new era. We all know how bad business was in that era. Oh. <laughs> Um, then you had the Attitude Era. We know that was nostalgia, but if you look at it now without rose-colored glasses, the in-ring work was not phenomenal, and it was very, very short matches. Yeah, it was. A lot of short matches. Ruthless aggression was phenomenal for in-ring work. Agreed. But again, at that time, Hunter was already helping by then. You had Bruce Pritchard, you had Vince, you had Heyman. Heyman, yep. Yeah, Heyman. He was... Had Bischoff in some of it, I'm sure. You can tell me that you hired Eric Bischoff on our talent only. I 100% do not believe that he was not throwing ideas. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. He was probably doing that day one. And why would you not listen? Look what he did with WCW. They were losing millions of dollars, and he turned them into damn near putting you out of business. Yeah, I'm going to listen to some of his shit. Yeah, for real. But um, I think, I don't know if you can compare them, if you're looking at it like that, honestly, because Vince did change the industry. Yeah, he took it from a global, from from a local (coughs) territory to a global phenomenon. Yeah, Vince killed territory. (coughs) That that sucks. Yeah. Because I I love territory wrestling, because 
every territory you watched, even if they were the common misconception is everybody in the South ran like Memphis. Memphis ran like Memphis. Nobody else in the South ran like Memphis. Continental was different than Memphis. Georgia was different than Continental. Memphis, Florida was different. Dallas was different. San Antonio was different. Everything was different. When Vince took over, it was all the same. Like, you got the same WWE product in Chattanooga that they were getting in Peoria, Illinois a week ago or whatever. Yes, same matches, same finishes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, That's now what we know is professional wrestling. So uh, he changed it. He changed the way it's looked at. In a sense, I think Hunter's kind of going back to what wrestling was. We're not having so many over-the-top characters. Uh, There's more emphasis on keeping work, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and you're still getting those characters, but they're realistic characters that you can relate to. Right, you don't have Tar and fucking Man Mountain Rock. Fucking Mantar. Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger. Damien Demento. You don't have wrestlers who have a secondary job as their gimmick. Repo Man. T.L. Hopper. Duke the Dumpster Josie. Repo Man had a bunch. He was a golfer, a Russian, a repossession man, a dominatrix. I was about to say S&M. Yeah. Oh, what y'all think? No. Uh, I agree. I can agree with that. I think it's better now. Yeah. I think, I think as a day-to-day person within creative, Triple H has done a better job than what Vince was doing. But it's one of those... I think if Vince would have been there, uh, I think he might have been able to get it back into something decent. But I think we would have a lot. You think Vince could have got it back to something decent now? That's the thing. He always has. I think he's too far gone. He's too far out of touch. Yeah, because I I think if Vince was still in power... We've been there too long to realize what wrestling fans really want nowadays. If Vince was still in power, Gunther would not be Intercontinental Champion. He would have Gunther been, would be gone. He would be gone. Roman would have already dropped the title. There would have been three other champions by now. Yep. Punk probably would not have come back. Punk definitely I, wouldn't have come I back. I think Punk would have come back regardless. I don't think so. I don't think Vince would have budged on that I, one. For the business, I think you would have. I don't think you get some of these feature matches for the women. I don't think you have a lot of the females that are coming back, coming back. Yep. A Agreed. lot of these hires he got, I don't think they would have got rehired. And a lot of focus on the mid-card titles. You would have had hot shots for the ICN US titles. Well, that was necessary at first because they just had one belt with Roman. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of cooled off a lot since Seth's got a belt on Raw now. Yeah. Just think about it. They put the US title on somebody that's not even on their TV. Right. 
I don't think we get another title. I don't think the World Heavyweight title gets created. Because, like you said, Vince would have already had Roman drop the belt, and we've had three other champions. So there would have been. He probably would have split them up after Roman dropped the belt. Yeah. I don't know. I think, much like, you know, we don't talk politics on here a lot, but I think if our president has a term limit, our House and Congress should have a term limit. You can't, you know, certain jobs aren't set up to be careers. And being a booker in pro wrestling is one of them if you don't evolve and change for the times. Exactly, because as the business grows, you yourself, your mind is always thinking of what you're used to doing and what you're knowing in your environment. So I mean, under Vince's watch, we had Rick Boots. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 80s fucking gimmick. You had Madcap Moss. You turned Butch into a little rascal. Or Pete Dunn into a little rascal. You had Happy and Sad Corbin. Honestly, the Sad Corbin thing, I like. It could have been good if they could. It could have been good if they would have done done it different turning him into happy Corbin because he won in fucking Vegas was stupid let me tell you why you're wrong is call people up from NXT and shit on them if they would have left Baron Corbin as the lone wolf he would have been a world champion by now oh I completely oh, agree agree completely he has every tool you need to be successful he's got height, he's got size he's got a look if you would have left him in that lone wolf where he didn't really talk, he just stared into the camera and annihilated people, you created a fucking star. But Vince shit all over that and wants to make people do comedy. And don't get me wrong, comedy has its place on the show. We just sit here and talked about how much we love the David Young Matt Sales match in the comedy. But we're not going to do that every match. We're not going to do that every show these guys are on either. Exactly. We'll switch around the subject of booking. There's my next little topic. Busted Open Radio, Bully um, was talking and said, Tony has not sat under the learning tree to learn this business. He is not a booker. He's a matchmaker. You agree or disagree? Yeah, because anybody can write names down on a card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anybody we, can... Every shitty promoter I've ever wrestled for, that's how they make their card. There's no thought in it. You just throw names on a board and you draw arrows and then you write your card. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, they added on their date. As much as people think, oh, I played video games my whole life. Or, I made my own wrestling fit with wrestling figures. It's not that easy when you're dealing with actual people telling stories... Going for long-term booking. Booking is not an easy task. It's not. No. Anybody that tells you it is has either never done it, they're doing it wrong, or they're severely unsuccessful. Because if you do it at any level where you're successful, it worked. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I firmly agree. Just because he booked fantasy cards on a website does not mean he's a, he's a multi-booker. And then you watch the scrum where he kind of dodged the question. Which one? 
Oh Lord, I heard him. I heard he was asking him about a booking committee, and he goes, "Oh, well, there's always people in there that." But I'm going over the show, but I've got a general outline of where we want to go. That's not what the fuck he asked you. What he asked was, do you feel like you would be more successful with a booking committee? And yes, if you put wrestling people that know wrestling in there, and they're not just yes men like Jericho's sorry ass. Because if Jericho wasn't a yes man, he's so brilliant when it comes to wrestling. He's got so many years of knowledge, he could help. Oh, yeah. But instead, he wants to kiss Tony's ass to secure the bag. Somebody like Jared that don't need the money. Exactly. But, oh, I don't think Tony's a booker. How he ever won? Think about when he won booker here. Who was there to help him? Cody Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. QT Marshall. At that time, all of Cody's boys still had pull. I don't know how much pull they have now because Cody's gone. But back then, you had minds that knew pro wrestling. Yeah, he's not going on to say anything about it because even in his little special on the network, he says, I'm still, I have no animosity. I didn't leave for any other reason that people are thinking. Oh, 100% he's got an NDA as well. Oh, I was about to say he's got an NDA. But to me, that was probably just him being a friend because I ain't signing no NDA if I ain't under contract with you. Yeah. Because remember, he didn't have a contract when he was TNT champion. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have signed shit. And maybe he didn't. Maybe it's just that he really does have that much respect for Tony. But it's just one of those things to where it was toxic for him to still be there. You can't tell me all the people leaving is not a sign of something. And fucking uh, Ricky Starks was posting... Uh, Natty posted on her Instagram of Ricky Starks working out with Odyssey Jones in the ring. Yep. He's next. You posted one the other day with both Finley brothers. Nice. Yeah, I'd say Ricky Starks' contract's up. He's NXT bound. Agreed. He should be. But busted up and also went on to say, this was De La Gracia, he said, if Tony is someone who doesn't like confrontation or is fearful, like calling back the punk situation, then he needs to hire people that aren't afraid of confrontation or fearful to handle business and squash animosity. So shit like the punk issue doesn't happen again. You know who that be? He's already on the roster. He's talking about retirement soon. Dustin Rhodes is your guy for that. Yep. Yep. But honestly, I hope they don't sign. I hope Dustin doesn't re-sign. That way he can go where he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I completely agree. Absolutely. He's been a great wrestler. He's phenomenal. But can he teach it? Who? Danielson. Danielson. That's what we don't know. Can he, can he teach it? Can he adequate what needs to be done and why? That's a very good question. I mean, that's questions you got to ask before you put somebody in that situation. You think Tyler just aimlessly reached out to me and he was like, yeah, I'm just going to try whoever the first veteran that says, yeah, I'm going to hire him. No, he done his research. He knew that he knew my mind and his mind was very similar, but he also knew that I, I get because I command the respect of the boys in the locker room. Is that thing good that he 
Agreed. But you've got to have. Tony doesn't have that. I don't think. I don't think the Bucks have respect for Tony. I think it's all about money. And don't get me wrong, I love the hustle. Like, especially as a as a pro wrestler, you're an independent contractor. You, you're never going to have benefits. You're never going to have a retirement. You're never going to have insurance. You're never going to have a four hundred one k. You're never going to have profit sharing. What you're going to have is what you make while you're able to still do it. And if you're lucky, you get a career like Ricky Morton where you can do it into your 60s. Absolutely. Ricky went with the NWA full-time when AEW started. Why didn't you reach out to guys like him? Why he reached out to Cornette when he told him who was on board. Cornette's shit all over. He's like, fuck that, I'm done. <laughs> That's why Cornette has an NDA. Here's why the first one to get slapped with an NDA. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of booking, here's something that was rumored. Um, this was not too long after Punk came back. Um, it was rumored that. You know, you know, Punk, you know, and this goes back to the whole shit on at AEW that Punk just wanted to help the young talent, but apparently they had issues with it. But rumors are going around that it's Punk wants to succeed. Shawn Michaels is the head booker of NXT. I've seen that. And I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think you get him and what he can do in the ring right now because he's already <laughs> helping out. Like, you see all these videos of everybody in NXT wanting to take pictures of Punk. And wanting to be around Punk. So if they're already that enamored, because the perfect age group of people that grew up watching Punk. You know, when Punk came along, Jason and I were already in the business wrestling. Yep. You, if these NXT guys, people your generation, was watching Punk at his high, whether it had been Ring of Honor, TNA, or, you know, the, in the, or the WWE. So, of course, they're going to be enamored by him. And he's he's giving back. Like, shit, he went to the the last pay-per-view. Yeah, he was at an NXT's pay-per-view. Yeah, and hung out backstage and everything. So, Sean won't be doing it forever. Uh, I literally think once Sean's kids are grown, he'll probably start winding down. But even if he doesn't, what's wrong with having Punk as second in command? Yeah, Sean yeah. wants to take a little bit of time off. Hey, this is what I want. Uh, if you got some ideas, throw them out there. Let me know. I'm gonna text Hunter's someone. like, hey, Bruce is getting old, Sean. Come help me on the big stage. And Sean goes up and helps Hunter, and that leaves. Right now, his second in command is Terry Taylor and Carino. Punk, Terry Taylor, and Steve Carino. Shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can run a wrestling company. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. But. No, I can see it being beneficial, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about Vince earlier. I think Vince would have brought Punk back just for that, fuck you, let me show you how to run a talent. Let yeah. me show you what to do with an incredibly overdraw. And that brings me to my next little topic. Bully talked about this. He said he compared Sean's attitude and the attitude error similar to Punk's attitude. He said, yeah, Sean was a dick, but Vince didn't fire him because he was a star. He moved merch. He was a draw and put asses in seats. Punk is similar to that. Vince wouldn't have fired Punk if Punk didn't walk out. Right. 
And then Tony's pity that he, the papers got served on his wedding day. Yeah, but let's be honest, Vince has always been spiteful. Everybody knows that. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, so I, I don't think anything about that. Punk took his time off, did heels, did all his other stuff he was doing, did MMA. People talk shit about that all they want. How many other motherfuckers were like, I'm gonna go fight the UFC? Not many people say that the balls to do that. Like you know. Kudos. How many how many one of the boys are gonna go find these redneck brawls that Bishop nutted up and did? Right. Exactly. I mean, did he get beat? Yeah, he got beat. But he did it. It's more than anybody else can say. And you know, here's the thing about that. Punk was good enough to get sponsors and be in the UFC. You think he couldn't have whooped that ass in the locker room if he really wanted to? Right. Exactly. I think Vince would have brought him back as a fuck you to AEW. Yep. And look at what it's done for business. Madison Square Garden, they had to add more seats once Punk was announced. Yeah. A sellout with more seats added. Uh, Wherever they did Raw at the other day, with Punk, not this past week, but the, I guess two weeks ago, because the week before was their highlight show. Right. Doubled in, maybe it was the one for this week, I don't remember. But either way, it's doubled in attendance. Literally doubled from what they were last year when they were there. It's crazy. Because it's hot right now. Hunter has made it hot. Exactly. Boy made a good analogy when it came to Tony and him being a booker. Going back oh, on... No, no, no. No, you're you good. know they've made it relevant again when Tyler and I are catching pieces of it. Right. Yeah. Because you can go back and listen to this podcast for about, well, for me, it's been since COVID. I don't watch it. But AEW has been equally as bad that I've not been watching. I did watch Wednesday because I wanted to see the follow-up. We'll go to your next one in a minute, but I got one for you. Here's my question. Okay. MJF has already re-signed, if you're listening to the rumors, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's my question. Why would you go forth with the angle of revealing the devil, which we all knew who it was going to be. They did throw Wardlow in there. It's a little swerve, so I I don't hate it. I don't think it was necessary, but why do you go ahead and do that? When you're planning on giving MJF time off. Yeah, you can't follow up with him. He can't get his revenge. What's the, well, now, what's the payoff? I mean, it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense because they did do the reveal, and with it being Adam Cole, Cole's hurt right now, so he can't do anything anyway. But it wasn't Adam Cole doing the beatdowns. So why would Max be coming after the other four members of the Undisputed Kingdom to get his retribution? Why Cole Hills? Well, in a storyline sense, you can make it seem. But instead of doing that, they send Jay White out there that's been attacked. They send. The guns. Goddamn, I'm drawing the blank. Guns. The acclaimed. Yeah, the acclaimed. All people that they have attacked in the past. To me, it was just. The story was good. They actually finally went through with something. I just think it fell flat. 
Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, this is how I would think about it from a storyline perspective. After the reveal, Max is the one friend that he put his trust in that tore him down now. Fucking crushed him, so he, he didn't want to show up nowhere because he's like... But he's, a, but he's a baby face now. Baby faces don't do that. that yeah, that, that is true. I mean... When I seen that he was going to be off at least this week, I said, that's the stupidest shit you could do. It's hot right now. You're still in his... Na- I don't know where they're going to be na- next week. They're in Jacksonville, right? I think so. Yeah, daily. You're, you're still there back at Daly's place next week. They were in New Jersey last night. Not far from Long Island. He would have got a hero's welcome. But you didn't use the opportunity to follow up on what you've been building for months. You didn't even have your new world champion on the show. Yeah, that didn't make no sense either. Now, if you're going to have, like, where he, you know, MJF was more exclusive on Dynamite, is Joe's going to be more exclusive on Collision? Cool, but tell me that. New world champion speaks on Collision. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I'm glad Moxley was in Japan because I didn't have to watch him. (laughs) But Bully made a good analogy when talking about Tony and booking shit. He said... He should. Tony should follow this. He has no knowledge of the business, but has the money. So what does a good entrepreneur do? You buy the business up so the business makes money, but you put the right people in charge to run the business and actually create the product. Said Tony is living a childhood fantasy of being a booker, but there are things he didn't take into account before that he's now having to deal with, and he's not doing it by himself, and he's having outside people handle it, thus the reason it's not being squashed. 100%. Now, here's the thing. He owns AEW, he owns Ring of Honor. I don't know what Ring of Honor's viewing is because it's on a streaming service. I don't know if you can get that data. But you hire people to book your main show. To hire them to book the Collision, the Rampage, the Dynamite, the pay-per-views. You hire a separate booking team that has experience. You got Jerry Lynn. You're not doing anything with him in front of a camera except when it's a pure title match as a judge. Let him help you book Ring of Honor. And you sit with him and you learn how to book on that lower-tiered show. Much like we talked about how you would bring talent up, Ring of Honor, Rampage, then they're on the big two, right? Yeah. That's how Tony should be learning to book. He should be booking Ring of Honor with, you know... Like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an apprentice. Like he's sitting there, he's under the learning tree, he's learning, he's figuring everything out. And then he goes and figures out what's next. Once he gets comfortable doing that, you can move him up to, you know, rampage or whatever. But Bully's right on the head on that one, like. I'm not going to go buy a Chevrolet the new manufacturer ain't gonna there and start telling people how to put new cars together. I'm gonna hire people that know how to I'm not gonna This is one for me and Jason. We're not gonna sit here and question double A's power in the Atlanta Braves. Right. We're gonna trust that he's he's the best 
general manager in baseball for a reason, and he's going to get what we need to get. I'm not going to go there as the owner of the team and tell him I want this guy and that guy. I want to trust that he knows what our direction is, and he's going to put the best players on the field. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. You're not going to go into work tomorrow and throw a stethoscope on and go see patients. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Thank God. Sir, <laughs> I got some bad news. You've yeah. got cologne canker. I've got some bad news. Now, about that cancer. Now, you, are, you're, you are a cancer, right? Cancer you're a boy. For you is some of this Peter Sillin. <laughs> That's a perfect remedy for you. Today in local news, man arrested for raping women at hospital. <laughs> story at four because it's a short story. Poor Josh. All right, last bit of news I got is Punk's attorney Stephen New said that his NDA. You have to throw the P in there. Stephen P. New said that his NDA is for life. Is that even legal? Can you do a for life NDA? Yeah. Yeah, but NDA. Uh, according to Cornette, can be broken in court as well, too. So he can easily go to court and squash that. And we hey, know you, Punk's got hey, a good... Punk's, Punk's good at going to court. I mean, hell, he, he beat WWE. Not many people can say that. No, hell, he's a list of con- uh, concussion protocol people that are still so That's why half of them ain't in the Hall of Fame. Speaking of that... Uh, go ahead to that in a minute. Have you... Did y'all see the news that Triple H is 100% in control of who gets put in the Hall of Fame this year? I did see that. Where's Hall of Fame at? I mean, where's... uh, uh, Billy. Billy. You know who I think is going to be on on that list? Who? Heyman. Who? Heyman. I I think your headliner is Batista. Yeah. I can see Batista... I can see demolition. I can see some ECW guys going in this year. Mm. I can see uh, if they get the okay. I can see Taz. Yeah, I don't know if Taz would happen. Dreamer might happen. Douglas could happen. Definitely Douglas. I don't know with his spots with W with his spots with AEW. I don't know if they're going to do Rob or not. There's a lot of guys that right. If they're alleviating from that concussion protocol, Raven could go in. Let's say that. Let's do that one next week. Let's let's uh, book our fantasy game for this year in Philly. Fantasy all thing. I can. Yeah, I I like that. All right. uh, yeah, your NWA, NWA. <laughs> your NBA can be broken. Or, um, all this that went on with Jericho and the, and the Stephen D. New tweets, Cornette came back. Christmas and New Year, uh, he usually takes a break from new podcast and they'll do an omnibus, which means not a syllabus, Jason. Whose bus? A syllabus. But to do an omnibus, what that means is stuff that they talked about in a year regarding one topic. They go back and gather all those flips and play them in order. That way it's a you know a chronological order of that topic. Does that make sense? Oh, like, I like that. Anything 
disgust of Cody leaving AEW a couple years ago was in the omnibus. Uh, so he actually interrupted uh, the day. It was actually, I think it was the day before Christmas or maybe Christmas Day, which would have been the experience of the drive through. And the whole thing was about Jericho being a dick and being drunk and going off and all that stuff. And what he said was that if they wanted to be dicks, he would pay for their NDAs to be broken in court so that they could tell the stories. And then he said, how long before people start hitting Lucy up getting her side of the story? Yeah. Right. But anybody with common sense knows the story. It Punk had had enough. Punk had went to Tony before and told him, hey, you've got to get this under control. It's ridiculous. Tony probably went and said, hey, Punk's not happy. He's like, fuck Punk. This is their company. He's not a draw. He's old. Blah, 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 blah. And the shit kept happening. And then Paige goes on a live TV and shit's all over Punk. Then is like, I'm going to beat him on TV. He can beat me on pay-per-view. More people's probably watching TV than pay-per-view, right? Yep. This kept escalating. He kept telling him there's a problem. He didn't fix the problem. So Punk was like, you know what? I'm in a room with the people talking all the shit on the internet, Meltzer and Alvarez. I'm calling everybody out. They get their feelings hurt because now it's been exposed that they're the ones leaking the stories. They come in there looking for a fight. They get the fight. It's the whole definition of what the kids like to say, fuck around and find out. The elite and their spooches fucked around and they found out that Ace Neal and Punk were the ones to fuck with that night. (laughs) And then, much like this generation of people we were talking about earlier, the participation trophy kids, they start the incident and it doesn't go their way. So they act like the victim. So they're the victims. Much like the toxic women you were talking about earlier. Yep. He said he playing with his hairy balls. Probably. He's sporting pubes already. Then shit goes away. <laughs> you try to let shit cool down for a little bit. Gives Punk his own show, Collision. Let's him how, do however he wants to. Then they get pissed off about Punk only wanting certain people on Collision. When the whole reason the Collision was made was because they didn't want him on Dynamite. But you're getting mad we, that he don't want you on Collision. You don't have with him. We're going to split you on to different shows. Don't send the ones over there to do promos. You know, they say hangman over there for a promo. Don't do that. Or when you can't get your coaches and your agents, when you tell a talent no arguing with them you get rid of the talent you don't keep sitting there bucking and then you go ask punk your locker room leader on that show hey will you talk to him and tell him why we can't do this it's the heat that's gonna blow up and get him fired probably bury jack perry's career too because i don't see how you can bring him back yeah and just because punk's not the type of person that's gonna sugarcoat shit he's not gonna go up to jack and be like Man, we already told you we can't use glass. Now he's going to be fucking blunt. Like, this is fucking stupid. You don't need to fucking do this. There's no follow-up. I told you. 
And then you go out, just like I came in, on live television in your biggest show of the fucking company's existence and go into business for yourself. No. That's the thing. He didn't go into business for himself. He went into business for the Bucks. Yeah, because that's their buddies. And then, of course, Punk was pissed when he got back to the back. Justifiably. And then because Tony, again, doesn't do shit, whether or not he lunged at Tony or whatever, he probably cussed him the fuck out and said, that's fucking done, I fucking quit. And Joe... Joe went, at that point, he comes back. Jungle Boy says something to him. They get into it. He looks at Tony. Tony's probably sitting there with a fucking guy face he's always got. Like, I don't know what to do. That's when Punk... Punk probably did charge you know what I mean? He's probably like, motherfucker, you just seen it firsthand. What do you do now? Put him in a situation now to where he's got to choose. Do I keep the person and lose my executive who's been with me since day one? Or do I listen to them? Not really drawn and let him go. Well, if you believe the rumors, they had this whole disciplinary committee that was behind Punk being uh, fired, and Daniel Brown's a part of it. Yeah, I don't believe that that was the, the full story. No, I don't either. Do I believe Brian was in it? Yeah. Do I believe the young bucks weren't? No. Not for one minute. Omega, I can give him a pass. I don't think he was. Well, I don't I, think he's that deep into the drama like the Bucks are. I think Omega was smart enough to see, you know, hey, we can move past this and do business and it would be big. Well, apparently. They being punk and Omega pronouns, pal. After the scrum, or after the the brawl out, and they were good. But if and what about Jericho? Now he's saying he was there. If he was there, why didn't he get suspended like everybody else? Yep. Exactly. He's just wanting to attach himself to everything that has a, a spotlight to it. Exactly. You got uh, you got anything else? That's it, man. That's it. All right. Well, remember, next week we'll review Wrestle Kingdom 18. And we'll give you what is, five people going to the Hall of Fame. Let's see. You got your headliner, your woman, your tag, your post-hominess, and your celebrity. So, yeah, five. Plus the Warrior Award. So, that's six. Yeah. We'll just come up with six. They're coming. Yeah. Yeah, six total lanterns. Let's break it down into who's going to win the Warrior Award or all that shit. Y'all good with that? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Just six straight who we think would go. Y'all want to take a break and come back with pop, push, and drop? That sound like a good plan to me there, mister. All right.
So hold tight and we shall return. Your pal Sour Naro Turn the Buckle Podcast. It's the best. <laughs> no, seriously, it's the best. We are back. Hey, back can I again. Quit this now? Do what? Can I quit holding this now? Yes. Did you when we when we signed off the last time you said, Hold on, we'll be right back. I've been holding it for a while. It's done turn purple. Well, you ain't supposed to squeeze it. You gotta you gotta loosen it a little bit. Now the helmet's all purple and shit. Like a gay Darth Vader. <laughs> God damn. We might need to watch the uh, MLW pay-per-view coming up. When is it? That is Saturday. Oh. Are they on fight? Uh, BN Sports Extra is what it's on. I don't know if we get that. BET Online, maybe? Hold on. No one is good. Well, it's the... Uh, uh, Riddle Fatu is going to be brutal. is going to be really good. Go. Uh, Go. Alex Kane and Richard Holiday for the heavyweight title. That's a Georgia boy. And uh, Ricky Shane Page and Takira in a Taipei death match. Let me see if I can pull the card up. MLW. You said the sixth? Yeah. death match I was telling you about is going to be for a title. Which one? The Ricky Shane Page and Akira. Which match though? I mean, which title? I don't remember. I just saw whenever they were talking about it earlier that it was for a title. Actually, it is on Fight TV. Nice. 
King of Coliseum, Fight TV Plus by Triller. Oh, okay. 7 p.m. bell time, so we can watch that Sunday. All right, here's the card. Matt Riddle versus Jacob Fatu. Alex Kane versus Richard Holiday for the heavyweight title. For the world featherweight title, which is their women's title, Jen A. Kai versus Hyper Masawa. Okay. Uh, for the national openweight title, Ricky Shane Page versus Akira in a top eight death match. Love is Blind, Love Doug versus Brent Ryan Collison. For the world tag titles, you got the second gear crew against Filthy Tom Lawler and Josh Bishop. And Wasted Youth and Alex Alec Price versus Tony Depp and TJ Crawford and Griffin McCoy. Yeah, I just saw those Wasted Youth guys. They said those are fight TV bouts. Then it says this one is being sports bouts. So I guess fight all show the main card. I, yeah, that's probably like the free pre-show type. Being sports is their network. Yeah, that's what this is on right now that we're watching. Okay, so being sports, which it looks like it's going to be the pre-show, is Sammy Callahan versus Kojima. Nice. Go. Good Brothers 3 versus Steph DeLander. With Good Brother 3 is Mance Warner under a Dusty Road and Night Rider hood. Nice. And Steph DeLander is uh, Cardona's valet. And you got a match, I'm guessing it's from... Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, TJPW. Oka Mayamato versus Nao Kakuda. Bless you. Thank you. Then you got Zeta versus the Notorious Mimi. Okay. So that's actually a pretty solid pay-per-view, in my Never. opinion. Yeah, not bad at all. I'd watch it. It's uh, our favorite time of the podcast where we... We talk shit about somebody and drop it. We put somebody over and push them. And then we talk about our positivity of the week. Yeah. yeah. As always, we like to get the negative out of the way first. So, Josh, who, who or what are you dropping? I am dropping people that don't honor their commitments. If you have a commitment, if you, and we talked about it earlier in the podcast, if you have a commitment or a booking, and that's not even just for wrestling, it's for anything in general. Honor it, always. If you can't do that, you can't be a, a person, if you're word a man, you're word a woman, if you're word and do that stuff, then ain't nobody going to hire you for a job, book you for a show. There's no need for you. Be respectful. My daddy told me a man is only as good as his word. That's true. That is very true. That's right. a good one. A good one there, Josh. All right. He said that was a very good one. You yeah. going or you want me to go? Go ahead. I'm dropping major announcements in pro wrestling. Stop doing them. They're never major. Stop getting people all anticipated 
to give you likes, views, or follows on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Let's see what left. Facebook, MySpace, AOL chat rooms, smoke signals by the Native Americans, message boards, Pony Express, snail mail, spam mail. Stop doing that shit. If you got an announcement, just make it. Quit with the anticipation because nothing ever lives up to the hype of any announcement. That's not just Triple H's tonight. That's Tony Khan's too. Nothing. He's his last one was tickets going on sale for a show that's like nine months away. Right. Just stop doing that shit. Holy shit! Is is uh Alberto Del Rio's former personal ring announcer? Yeah, he's a hell of a worker. He's just announcing somebody. You know who I miss? Who? The guy that would say Armando. Alejandro. And then he would come to the ring, and then Rio would come out and be like, Umanga. Umanga. I wonder why he could never say that right. Because he's British. I think you fucked it up once, and it was just a running gag from there, if you want to know the truth. I could see that. Would he say that I live in Chickamauga? Yes. That's awesome. Uh, who and or what are you dropping there, Jason? Uh, honestly, I don't think, I cannot think of anything to drop this week. You got to be a negative fuck. Come on. I'm always a negative fuck. I should be positive for once. What are you on right now? The couch. No. Powers? You've changed your what habits? Oh, yeah. I'm dropping pounds, bitches. There you go. <laughs> Technically, we're all on a diet. Yes, you heard that right 100%. Now. That means me too. Yep, the fat-ass referee is going on a diet. Shit, he may get signed now. <laughs> God damn. Like, I was going to offer you a job, but you're as wide as you are tall, son. <laughs> so, before we get in there and push us in, how have you altered your snacking? Me? No, Josh. Oh, no, nah, he's still snacking. He just he just snacking on stuff that's not bad for you snacking. Yeah, okay. so, like, that's and I'm not over, better. I'm not over it, like, you know, usually I'll... Be late at night after I eat dinner, I'd grab a snack, and then, you know, I'd watch some stuff on YouTube or TikTok. I'd go grab another snack at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, Don't do that no more. I haven't been doing that. You know, he eats through the entire podcast. Right. Well, now he's only eating through half of the podcast, so he's cutting his calories in half right there. Progress. But honestly, <laughs> if you're doing portion control right, this is what my doctor told me, as long as you're portion control, she'd rather you eat. Like 10 to 12 times a day as opposed to three huge meals. Right. Right. In between. So that's what I do is like, I've got apples or, you know, some berries or some carrots or cucumbers or something that's healthier for me when I want something back on. And if I want something sweet, I'll eat like a, you know, a banana because they're super sweet. Yeah. Like the last couple of days I've been doing rice cakes, put a little bit of peanut butter or some cream cheese on it. And then. Yeah, like, what? Peanut butter, it's full of sodium. Yeah, yeah, I know. I only did like a little bit. 
And like right now, I'm just, I'm do, doing some sugar free Jello. Yeah, I love the sugar. The lemon lime is the best kind. The sugar free uh, pudding cups are good too. Where's my uh, honestly, man, something that's helped me a lot is almonds and walnuts. Love they almonds. help cure the hunger, and then. Uh, Sugar-free Cool Whip is good. Mix it with some sugar-free pudding. Yeah, we got some. We got some of the good Cool Whip that we can have. Yeah. Yeah, it was always uh, Mark Briscoe's go-to was sugar-free Cool Whip. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. There's like a pancake mix. I had to get it from Adam. Uh, it's like a healthy pancake mix. I think it's the Kodiak cakes, if I'm not mistaken. It, that's in Kodiak Cakes. Yeah. He eats them all the time, so I think I'm going to get some of those to change my breakfast up from just eggs, eggs and hot sauce. Yeah, because after a while, I don't care. I love eggs as much as the next person, but after you eat it for so long, you can kind of get burnt out pretty easily, I bet. Now, that's when I just change the way I make them. Instead of having soft scrambled, I'll do some over medium. Or I'll pull me some or poke some. Yep. Well, I'll be some over medium, man. Those are... Yeah, especially on a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich from the Waffle House. Yep. yep. But I, who you uh, who you putting over this week, Josh? I am putting over my boys. This last year, man, has been absolutely incredible, man. You know, I'm just peaceful. I'm with my family. With y'all, I, I mean, every time I get a chance to do some shit, like whether it's the NWA show we went to go do, Ben hounded me and harassed me every fucking minute of the fucking trip that day. Will dumping ice on me in the shower. But would you have it any other way? Absolutely fucking not. By the way, we need to plan something like that again this upcoming. Agreed. Yes, agreed. Even if it's not, you know, to go watch a wrestling show, just, uh... Go do something. Go to a Braves game and stay somewhere down that way. Maybe party with Matt after the game. I was just going to say, hey, Matt, if you listen to this. Oh, I will just call him and say, hey, we're coming to a Braves game. We'll party afterwards. He'll be like, I'll meet you there. Right. Right. And I get to do the Gaza starts for Tyler. And, you know, I don't. we don't get to hang out with him much other than the shows and stuff. But that's something we need to do with Tyler, too. Especially when he gets uh, warmed up in his their new house. Oh, yeah. And watching Tyler on, on stage doing his thing was awesome. Absolutely. No doubt. So, like, yeah. They literally looked at each other and had tears because we were so proud of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're two grown-ass men drinking hard seltzers at the rest of the building tearing up because our buddy's on the stage doing his thing. Yeah, another grown-ass man. It's not even like one of our kids doing something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just a proud moment, man. It's like... It's like Tyler is... He's fit in with us so immensely. It's like he's been here since day one. Yeah, no doubt. And in, in this world, you know, you're lucky to have one or two real good close friends. But, man, I got three. You... Jason, Tyler, Will, four. Shit. I was about to say, you can't count. Who are you leaving now? <laughs> I don't know how to count to three, remember? Well, I, was, I was hoping he'd realize he missed counting and be like, well, Jason's my brother-in-law, so I count him differently, but he, he did. <laughs> he just went with new math that wasn't math. 
because he said three, I'm sitting here like, okay, who's he leaving out? <laughs> I was like that too. Then he finally got the wheel, and I was like, that's that's Poe. That's Poe. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I'm I'm. I got that many fingers. I can count that high. <laughs> I'm just, I'm grateful, man. I'm I'm so grateful. We've had so much fun. And that's what I was telling Jesse. Like, we got to do a podcast, man, tonight. Yeah, we talked about it on the way to RCW, but, you know, I think we kind of get caught up in life sometimes and forget. Oh, no doubt. Because like we said multiple times, this is this is our therapy, man. It is. And Will had said something on Facebook the other day. Uh, everybody was posting that before 2023 ends. Leave me a message or whatever. Yes. Jennifer posted, I hate to, I'm scared to see these because I work two jobs, so like I'm neglecting friends and family. And Will's comment was like, you know, we, we still love you and always will. Uh, this year's been rough on us hanging out together, which is something we need to get back to. Absolutely. We need to get back together to have these get-togethers. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just coming over and just enjoying each other's company, you know, and, yeah, breaking, busting balls, and, you know, laughing at Mike Stinson. As much as I hate it, pieces, I miss his ass because he's been working a lot, and I feel like I'm sure he's in the same boat, hoping he's not upset about us not getting to hang out. But hell, will come over here. I'll let you, I'm sure you're ready to make up for the the balls you haven't been able to hit of mine on the podcast. You know, I think they're recovered now. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, we know January's here so we know the rumble's right around the corner so we know we'll all be together for that absolutely is it on a sunday or a saturday this year i think it's still sunday i think they're still no it's saturday but it's a four saturday it's like the last saturday of the month that's right it's like the 27th yeah yeah okay so we're good on that one we know we're for that so we'll all be together for that will you're gonna have to adapt because you're with a bunch of people on diet so we're gonna be healthy Way healthier than we usually do at pay-per-views. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you're not going to, if you don't want to eat healthy, by all means, eat what you want to. It will not bother me, and I think I speak for everybody when I say that. Oh, yeah. Wait, like I said, we're, like, we're not restricting anything. We're just watching, not overindulging. Right. Yeah, bring whatever you want. You I might just take a little taste. Yeah. We might use that as our cheat day. Now I understand the importance of why everybody wanted a cheat day back when everybody was working out. <laughs> oh, I just lined right the picture right in the back. Nice. But Tyler, Will, I love y'all guys to death. Jason, Ben, I love you boys, man. Yeah, thank y'all. You. Thank y'all for being in my life, man. I wouldn't be the same. It won't be the same without y'all. No, uh, you thank you, sister. Fuck. What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you say? We brought your fun side out. <laughs> you did. I know, because when I first met you, you were the quiet guy that just sit there and didn't speak. I don't know how he was at home back then, but no. I was like, who's going to be around me? He's got to come out of his shell. We brought his fun side out, but he already had his fun size. Yeah, he was born, he was born in some fun size. He come out to pussy like he is right now. Same size and everything. Yes. <laughs> out of goo goo gaga. I, I'm going to push this guy that we started using here recently. We've talked about him a lot on the last two podcasts. Is uh, Big Andy from, uh, I think he said he's from middle Georgia. 
Uh, but on the weekends, he's out of Rome, Georgia. Any promoters that are listening, feel free to reach out to him. Is uh, Andy, is Tuner or Toner? He's on my Facebook. You can't miss him. Uh, look him up. Give him some bookings. He's a he's a young kid. He's up and coming. I say he's a young kid. I don't know how he is. He might be my age, but he don't look it. Uh, he's younger than I am. I can't remember how old he said he was. I think he's still in his twenties, maybe early thirties. But the dude is legit 6'4", 400 pounds, moves like a cruiserweight, and is probably one of the best promos in indie wrestling that I've seen in years. Uh, don't book him for the first and third because we want him. But feel free to reach out. Look at this guy. You're just a fan. Look him up. He's got tons of stuff on the internet. Dude is money. Absolutely. If you don't want to sit and watch his matches, just listen to his promos, because... Fucking great. He's an orangutan in captivity. He's king dingaling. He'll make you feel it from your pinky toe to your titty nipples. Shit is just incredible. What are you talking about? Big Andy. Big Andy. Uh, who are you going to talk good about, Jason? Uh, again, some guys that uh, we've just kind of... Got to know and got to start being around a little bit more, and that's the uh, the war dogs, dogs of war, the brothers, something of, about wars and dogs and brothers, 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 of, destruct- <laughs> brothers of dog. Wars. Nah, the the brothers of war, man. They're uh, we hadn't, you know, they're not from this area, so we hadn't got to see them much, but they're good. A good tag team. I'm uh, super jealous that the tag division is growing like it is now. But yeah. Never say never. But yeah, uh, Brothers Award, definitely a couple of guys to keep an eye on. Agreed. Excited about seeing them more going forward. And on top of everything, they're good dudes. Oh, yeah. All right, Josh, what's your pop for this week? Huh? Your pop. What did you pop? No, that was your push. push. Well, you kind of combine them all into one. Yeah. But to just give one more little positivity. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that I'm... I was really worried about this eating differently, cleaner. Because everybody knows I love to snack, and we talk shit, we, we talk shit about it all the time. I was really worried that I was I was not going to have enough self-control to do this. But when you really think about it, you're not really restricting a whole lot. You're just, like we talked about, we're not just overindulging. And I've not craved any kind of sweet stuff like I usually do, like cookies or anything like that. Like, all the, like I just ate this jello. That that made me feel content. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't need nothing else. So, I know we're yeah. only a few days in, but... A lot of it's mine, too. Like, you knew that there was cookies in the pantry. Yeah. You knew something sweet, so you'd go to them automatically instead. Even if there was fruit in the house, you're going to go to that and, like, with ice cream. I love ice cream. You know that. So, I switched to a sh- uh, more sherbet than ice cream because it's better, you know, it's got better ingredients. Right. Like at work yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to ask, how does that work with the way that they like to bring y'all food? 
Well, this week they haven't brought this. This week they haven't brought nothing except for one day. It was Monday, and it was like pasta and stuff. But they've been bringing pasta so much even before we started our stuff that we got burnt out on. And that that takes a lot because I love pasta. Me too, but it's one of my no-no items. So we was good there. So they brought yesterday. They brought like a snack, and it was a bunch of you know like cheese its and rice krispie treats and stuff. And I saw the rice krispies like. Saw the rice krispies and was like, I'm going to go eat my apple that's in the fridge. I got me a Granny Smith apple and I ate that. There you go. So I'm proud of myself. I know we've got a long way to go to get where I mean, I don't, I mean, I just want to be able to get to a position where I can actually walk upstairs at my work and not get out of, <coughs> and not get out of breath. My biggest thing is I just want to be here to see my kids grow up. <coughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> to see their kids if they have kids and- you know, to have a quality of life. Yeah, and I want to be able to, you know, when it starts getting warm again, to go outside, throw a football with Davey, you can just play outside with Davey, not after a couple a couple throws or a couple of games, I'm like, <sighs> you know. <clears throat> right. Just out of breath and telling Davey, hold on a second, I'll play with you just a second. Let me, let me catch my breath. Let me go in here and take a break, you know, something like that. Completely understand. Uh, it's a lifestyle change. It, it is. Like I said, I can tell once I got out of the hospital and started losing this weight, how much difference it makes. But one thing that we've always talked about is having support for each other. You know, if we feel like we're having a bad day, like we're going to leave each other up, hey, you got this, you know? Yeah, like, you know, Will's bad day at work. Well, his bad week at work last week. How long has he been working there? It's been a bad, what, few years? We were there to lift him up. Um, All right. So let's find some positivity here. Yo, what you got positive, Bean Yerman? Man, I'm just thankful for my family. Um, Y'all are included in this. Uh, The family unit at home, as well as you guys, is just... Everybody knows the last two years have been a huge struggle for me. Uh, one that I'm still fighting an uphill battle with now because still don't know what's going on with the cirrhosis of the liver. Still got a lung doctor's appointment. So really, you don't want to jump into work and then have to miss all this time for these appointments because you don't know what kind of treatment they're going to do. I don't know if I'm going to have to go in the hospital for any of this stuff. Right. <clears throat> so just to be able to have people that are there to lift me up like, we stopped on the way to get uh, on the way to wrestling. Josh uh, usually always takes care of my snacks, you know, my drink and my my protein. Uh, this week, Jason did it. You know, my parents have been here to help me for the last few years. It's just blessed and thankful to be able to have family <coughs> or there uh, and willing to help financially and emotionally yeah exactly man <clears throat> and you'll be the same with us too you know oh definitely hey uh you, you want something i got you <clears throat> we always take care of each other that's that's what family does exactly all right what is your talk there jason well we haven't done a podcast in <clears throat> A while, so we weren't able to talk about the holidays. Uh, 
Do I need to start grunting for you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, where I'm going? I believe so. You're a real boy now. <laughs> no, nah, my uh, my pop is gonna be uh, what we all decided to do for Christmas this year. Uh, we normally focus on just, you know, the kids and, you know, uh, making sure the kids have a good Christmas. And we did that this year, but we also decided that uh, we were going to have some stuff to open on Christmas also. Yeah. So we uh, we all bought for each other and you know, made our lists and everything, and we were able to, you know, get a few things that was needed and wanted and everything, so, you know, we made sure that we, uh, we made sure that we took care of ourselves this year. So... That's gonna be my before I got my shower. Buzzinga. Oh, you're talking about a different way. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> my man's got needs. But yeah, and that's gonna be I made the joke about do I need to grunt for you? If you're old enough to remember the greatest show in television history, home improvement uh. him was a tool man. <clears throat> and he, er, er, er. <laughs> Jason got him a toolbox and some tools this year. Yes, a whole I, bunch of them. Nice subtle way of saying, here, honey, get off your ass and fix shit. <laughs> Which is pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. But it's all good. It's all good, all good. I had a good Christmas, too. I got my two favorite things I get every year. Socks and drawers. We got I, we all got some of that too. Oh yes, I got a pair. Uh, I got socks, drawers, Kylie uh, got me some sweet ass house shoes. Nice. I'm wearing the house shoes I got this year. Me too. Uh, mine. Had, these got memory foam in them and fuzz on the top. They look like them uh, them slippers, them ugly slippers that them white girls wear. Yep. <laughs> They are comfortable though. I got a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Nice. And I got a four pack of just solid t-shirts, like solid color t-shirts. Love those. Yeah. Uh, I got a there's a blue, a gray, a black, and a white, but they're that super soft material like the pro wrestling t-shirts. Yep. Yes. And I got a, a little bit of cash. Nice. Heck yeah. That was a good haul, but much like y'all, my. My Christmas and making sure the girls have a good Christmas. Absolutely. And they did. They both picked out their own shit, so they got exactly what they wanted. That's what you get to look forward to in a few years, Jason. <laughs> Letting them pick out their own shit? It's easier. Like, when we were in Gatlinburg, we hit the outlet malls on the way home. I told Kylie what her limit was. She went in there and spent it at three stores, and we were done. There you go. Same thing, gave her the money, and she went and got what she wanted. Because <clears throat> Kenzie likes to wait till the last minute. You <coughs> waited and gave me her list, like, second week in December, and I was like, bro, this shit ain't going to make it in time. Right. 
we just canceled all the Amazon orders and gave her cash then too. Mm. I'm glad everybody had a good Christmas and New Year's. Uh, brought the New Year's in the way I always do. Doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, we literally sat here, watched the ball drop, and played video games on the Nintendo. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah, I was watching Chicago PD when the ball struck midnight. Such a good show. <clears throat> yeah, I'm uh, season six now. It just started. Hell yeah. So I got got to finish. The, I'll fin- I should finish this uh, before the 17th. I just won't be caught up on med, so I plan on not watching it yet. You know, the good thing about Peacock is it'll just the next day they'll be able to watch on Peacock. So, right, right. Once I'm done with PD, I'll start it episode one, season one of uh, Med. I might not like it. I, you, you can ask Jason. I usually don't get into any of the medical shows. I didn't like House, I didn't like Grey's Anatomy, I didn't like ER until the very end when John Stamos was on it. So, well, this it might, one, I. I I'm, my I'm similar to that, but you know, this one they have a lot of good stories and stuff. It's not just hey, I'm, you got to call. The way they always do the crossovers, like you know, you'll see some of the characters from PD and some of the characters from Fire. Fire. Already got to know a lot of the the doctors and stuff, the staff from the hospital. Yeah, <clears throat> like uh, the Asian doctor. You know who that is, don't you? <sighs> He, he, every time I see him, I was like, where do I know him from? That's uh, DK from uh, Fast and Furious uh, Tokyo Drift. It, <clears throat> son of a bitch, it is. Yeah, and then you guys know Austin, brother, and all them. Yep. So I'm, it might be able to hold my attention. Yeah, they usually got it. My, my favorite is the psychologist. Oh, yeah, Oliver Platt? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's Jimmy uh, King. That's Jimmy King. Holy shit. <laughs> You not realize that? I I'm just now realizing. As soon as I saw it, the first time I saw it, I think I took a picture and sent it to you. I'm like, Jimmy King is the doctor now? Yeah, and then I forgot about that. So when I'm watching PD and he shows up on that crossover episode, I'm like, Jimmy King. So you'll you'll pop for this one and then we'll wrap up. But I was watching an episode of PD the other day. Have you watched all of PD, Josh? No, I haven't. Have you seen the one with the doctor and cancer? Yes. Okay. Well, where Oliver Platt is sitting there talking to him at that diner, and they do a close-up on Oliver Platt, I almost took a picture and sent it to y'all, but like, if they ever make a Paul Heyman movie, uh, here's who Paul Heyman. I can uh, see it. Yeah, perfect. Best, Oliver Platt's got that damn good hair, though. <coughs> he does. You'd have to cut his hair, but looking at his face, it's like, bro, that's modern-day Heyman right there. Agreed. God, he's huge. I've started going back and watching the uh, Marvel series. Uh Uh-huh. All the different Marvel series that I hadn't watched yet. Uh, I went back and watched... uh, I just finished Hawkeye yesterday. I thought Hawkeye was really good. Hawkeye was really good. And uh, I watched Moon Knight, and that was really good. But that... uh, 
it was over and dealt with a lot of stuff about Egypt, and I was really, you know, I've always been fascinated with Egypt and stuff, so that was really cool to me. Let's check that out. Yeah, it's really good. <clears throat> it's like Egyptian gods fighting for power, and one of them, you know, they're making the Marvel superheroes to fight their battles. That's cool. Yeah, it was really good. I went back a few weeks ago, I guess a few months ago now, and rewatched all the Transformers. We've got to watch the. Uh, Jennifer got to watching them, and I kind of started midway. They're all on streaming except two. One is on TNT, and one is on Sci Fi. No, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I've watched them all. Uh, that was when I watched them a couple of weeks ago, but I went back and watched them in order. Uh, them and the newer Turtle movies. Okay. Oh, tell you this about Turtles, and we'll we can wrap up if you all want to, but Christmas we were talking about the uh, Transformers movies and all that, because I told Josh, I actually gave Star Wars a shot. <clears throat> okay. It wasn't horrible. Would I watch it again? If there's nothing else on, I might. Well, no, there's too much shit streaming. <laughs> but I watched it. I watched the original Star Wars from 77 all the way through. It was one of the nights I think Collision went off. And it was on after it. So I just kept it there and watched it. It wasn't bad. So I was telling Josh about it. He was like, uh, have you watched, because uh, we were both big mass fans growing up to the cartoon. Yeah. So I showed him that Mask and G.I. Joe were both on Tubi and the original Transformers cartoon. He said, did you ever watch any of the movies? And I said, not when they came out. I said, but, you know, so this is before Christmas. I said, I just went back and watched all the Transformer movies. And I said, I even watched the newer Ninja Turtle movies. So Kenzie, you know, we're having a conversation about that. Mackenzie goes, I like the original tur Turtle movies better. And I was like, you are crazy. Like, I'm a kid from that generation, but those movies were uber cheesy when they oh, came yeah. out in the 90s. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, that, uh, that podcast... Well, I got her, I said, you know they're bad when the hit song off the second movie is made by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Funny you should uh, mention the second one. Uh, that podcast I listened to, Cinephobe, uh -huh. they actually did Turtles 2. Oh, so bad. Oh, they were talking about it and how, uh, well, yeah, they talked about the ninja rap, but go they also, ninja, go ninja, go. but they were also talking about how, yeah, it's entirely different now. It's not obvious at all that it's a giant turtle in a trench coat. No, not at all. <laughs> you got Kevin Nash, a super shredder. Right. <clears throat> Oh, but, all right, guys. We uh, I just, I get a kick out of that one. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. turtled. I, I turtled her. I turtled her. <laughs> <laughs> I told her with her uh, her sexual preference, she has no opinion on turtles. Now, if it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Clams, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
there when we were eating the fish tacos. I was like, Candy, come here, tell me if you know her. <laughs> he said, thanks. I said, yeah, but do you know her? Oh, and on that note, this has been the Turn to Buckle podcast. Hey, we know her. Her nickname is RC. Oh. And that doesn't mean radio controlled. Well, I'm never drinking that soda again. <laughs> I, I don't drink soda much, but <laughs> I still RC. All right, guys, that was the Turn the Buckle podcast for this week. Uh, hopefully we remembered how to do this well enough where I can sign off the right way. So from all of us to all of you, thanks for listening. Is that it? I think, I feel like we're forgetting something. I think you say, this has been Turn the Buckle Podcast. I am. That's right. See, that's why we keep Benjamin around. He keeps us on track so we don't get, you know, off the rails. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we can't. So, we need adult supervision. Step up! I can't keep being the brains and the beauty of this operation. You got to think. We all got permission to go without supervision to Knoxville, <laughs> and nobody went to jail despite Rocky Spurlock betting we would. I know that was that was very. Yeah, that was surprising to all of us. I had that one guy in the crowd that mumbled about Davy Boy said something else. We may have went to jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. But this I love has... that I had a standing ovation from the house that night, boys. Thank you, yes. the house. But this uh, has been the Turn the Buckle podcast. I am Jason Hampton. I am Josh Cox. I am Bit Thrasher. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. This is where you What's a me? lie? Okay, well then, since my smart-ass daughter wants to speak up, we'll talk to you in two months. Peace out, fuckers.